every time this thing pumps, you get a million billion new people coming in, and all of them run through exactly the same fucking scams again and again and again. And they get here and they pretend like they know what they're talking about. And it's it's literally a manifestation of, I just heard about Bitcoin and I'm here to fix it. Hello there, how are you all doing? Welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by Gemini, the only place I am using for buying Bitcoin. I'm your host, Peter McCormack. And before we get into the interview today, I have a quick message from my show sponsors. This show is brought to you by BCB Group, who provide online business banking for companies in the Bitcoin industry. And yes, I am now a customer of BCB too. They heard about my difficulty with finding a bank, a reliable one that understands Bitcoin, and they reached out to me. So I've moved all my business banking across to BCB. And you know what? I could not be happier. It is so nice to finally be dealing with a bank which understands my business and understands Bitcoin and isn't putting hurdles in my way. BCB's clients include major exchanges, market makers, funds and miners active in the UK and Europe, but they are now expanding globally. And they also have this amazing fiat network called Blink, which facilitates instant free payments between BCB clients for all supported currencies. Now listen, I know some of you have had some trouble with this. If you are looking for a banking provider who understands and supports Bitcoin companies rather than creating hurdles, then like me, you want to become a BCB customer. If you want to find out, then please head over to bcbgroup.com forward slash Peter, which is bcbgroup.com forward slash Peter. Next up, we've got Ledger the world's most popular hardware wallet. Now, a hardware wallet allows you as a Bitcoiner to take custody of your Bitcoin. And I have been a Ledger customer since early 2017. It's over four years now, and I'm still using that same Nano S I bought back then. Ledger makes it easy for you to safely manage your Bitcoin using their Ledger Live software, which interfaces with your device. And you can even connect your Nano S to your Android phone to manage your Bitcoin on the go. If you want to find out more, please head over to ledger.com, which is L-E-D-G-E-R.com. Next up is BlockFi. Now you can get up to $250 in Bitcoin when you join BlockFi. They've launched their BlockFi Rewards Visa Signature Card. And for people in the US who own or are interested in owning Bitcoin or stacking more sats, then the BlockFi Rewards Credit Card provides the easiest way for you to earn more Bitcoin because you get 1.5% back in Bitcoin on every purchase with no annual fee. It is the smartest way to stack sats with Bitcoin rewards and every purchase. But if you're interested in finding out more and you do want to take out that bonus, you want to get that $250 in Bitcoin, then please head over to BlockFi.com forward slash Peter, which is B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com forward slash Peter. Next up, it's Casa, the safest way to store your Bitcoin. Now, forgotten passwords, SIM swaps, phishing attacks, there are just too many ways to have your Bitcoin lost or stolen. But with Casa, you never have to worry about your Bitcoin again, because with a Casa multi-sig wallet, you get to take custody of your Bitcoin, but you only move Bitcoin by signing transactions from multiple wallets, ones which you get to distribute into different locations. And this is going to protect you from a range of mistakes, errors, and vulnerabilities. Now, if you want to find out more about this, I have been a customer for over a year. You can hit me up in my DMs or drop me an email. Happy to answer your questions. There is no better time to upgrade your Bitcoin security and get total peace of mind. You can find out more at keys.casa, which is K-E-Y-S dot C-A-S-A. I feel like the odd man out right now. I'm uh, the only one with the shirt off. 
but that's uh, that, you invited me to do that when I was in the metaverse. Well, that's what we did. <laughs> you, well, you told me that you were all going to do it, and then I came out of the metaverse, and all of you had your shirts on. So. See? <laughs> you need to go back in the metaverse. Why don't you take your shirt off, man? Because I look disgusting with my clothes on. That's oh, true. no, but it's, it, I look beautiful. That's actually what you I'm going to say about He's just standing there. Just they look at me shirtless. Nips out, just being like, yeah. hello, Gavna. Hello, Gavna. Hey, I didn't huddle. Good, man. I'm good. <laughs> I've been drinking. By the way, I always... Yeah, <laughs> I, have, I have been drinking. You owe me Yo, some Bitcoin. Peter's producer... He does owe you some Bitcoin. He does owe you Bitcoin. Peter's producer has supplied me with... Uh, Hoddle. Hoddle. Yeah. You owe him, you owe him no, some no, Bitcoin. No, no, I do. I do. I'm, I'm getting there. Peter's producer supplied me with uh, Modelo and uh, Blanton's, and so I'm, uh, I'm crunk, as the kids say. I've been gone for 45 minutes. But, but... He told me he'd been drinking since he got here, which I it do, made it seem like it was a lot longer than I that. Owe, I, owe you half, I owe you half a Bitcoin, which is roughly $20,000 at the moment, and I gave it to you on this open dime because I straight up, here you go. Oh, I will fuck this up. I know you don't know how to sweep an open dime. <laughs> yeah. That's why I gave it to an open dime, because you LARP like you know how to open an open dime, but you have no fucking idea to open one, and it's hilarious to me that now you have possession of twenty grand. Worth of Bitcoin that you have no idea how to access. What do I do with this, Danny? First is you have to insert it in your anus. All right, but listen, that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole Bitcoin I've had off you now. How do you feel about that? Uh, I feel like what I'm going to do is, let me tell you, I have a whole plan to get it back. I wish you'd have taken the other bet. I'm going to show up to Bedford Real, or whatever the fuck your <laughs> shitty soccer team is called, that I funded. <laughs> And I'm going to bet on the opposite side of it. And you have to bet your club because you're Bedford fucking you know to the death and i'm gonna show up in england in bedford one of these days i'm gonna say peter i'm betting the other side you have to bet bedford for one bitcoin will you take it i've got a better bet pussy. i got a better bet pussy i bet you no no pussy. i got a better bet so i bet you a Bitcoin, next season, we finish top of our league, Ooh. and you can have every other position. If we, any, we, if okay, we don't okay, come top, yeah, you this win. Is bullshit. This is bullshit, because I know for a fact that because of the Bitcoin fucking price pump, you have more money to work with than every other fucking team in your league. So no, the answer is no. You're going to have to bet a specific game with me. Specific game. And I'm going to fly to fucking Bedford. Okay. I'm going to fucking fly there. First game in the season. Not first game. No, I'm going to pick the game. I'm going to show up. And if you don't support your club, people are going to know what a bitch no, you are. No, I'll, I'll, I'll put a Bitcoin nah, behind my up. club. straight up. They're going to know. It's done. Bitcoin behind my club. Right. You pick the game next season. He's, he's done. It seems like he really wants to give you back your Bitcoin. Done, son. <laughs> Come but, on. But you're, you're determined to make, sure, on, make sure he gets more. Come on. <laughs> but if you lose, that would, be, that would be two Bitcoin. You'll be down. That would be painful. <laughs> that would be painful. But we don't like to, well, I don't want to think about that. Yeah, okay. I want to think about that. First of all, you need to figure out how to open a fucking open dime. That's, I mean, now that I've given it to you, you're gonna have to figure it out. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna call up MVK. <laughs> he has no idea. He has no fucking. It's like, like a MVK, PDF online on how to do it. It's not gonna be hard. No, no, he doesn't know. <laughs> you think Peter your grandmother? Can you think Peter it out? can sweep an open dime? Mm -hmm. What are the odds that Peter can actually sweep this open dime? One hundred percent. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't bet a bitcoin on myself. There's twenty thousand dollars on this open dime. What are the odds that Peter can sweep it? One hundred percent. Zero. Zero. It's not zero. The odds are zero. So it's actually uh, zero. I can use Google. <laughs> I can find NVK. Dude, dude. It's Peter literally eighteen thousand five hundred. Peter right knows now. everybody <laughs> in the industry. The blocks, he could literally phone open uh, phone NVK, who made the open dime, and That's he true. still wouldn't figure out how to do it. That's why I gave it to him on an open dime. 
Because I know he doesn't know. I have confidence that Peter will be able I to sweep. I know he doesn't know. It's I know super he easy. No, nah, he has no idea. Is there like a password? Yes. No. No, there is. There's is that not. How, is that how you fucked me? You've There's not a password. There, there is a password. There's not. There is. No. It's a just, secret action you have to take. You just fucking press up. Do you know what I would have done if I would push pen through the seal? I would have given yeah. me an empty one, thinking he, there's like a good chance he can't do it. That one's full. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's, is funnier because I know you can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna figure this shit out. Anyway, Hoddle. Good Mm. Seth, good to see you, man. It's been a while. It has been a while. We did our uh, last show, I don't know, a year, two years ago? Before the pandemic, I feel like. It was good. I like that one. Or was it during the pandemic? I don't even remember. I know we were really close in a little hotel room. Because I was doing remote interviews. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably No, you didn't remote. We were in a little hotel room. No, we did one after that. Oh, that's true. That was during. During. Where we discuss art. Art, yes. Modern art. Yeah. Modern art. Yeah. yeah. And our difference of opinion with people who don't like modern art. <laughs> yeah. Now we're going to talk about modern art on it's the blockchain. Thing. On the blockchain. On the blockchain. Yeah. NFTs. NFTs. Uh, metaverse. Web3. <laughs> we're going to do the law. What's that? Are we going to do everything? We're going to do the whole lot. So All listen, right. it was uh, Danny said to me, Ben was in a clubhouse room and you were doing a show about how the metaverse does well, exist. Are you having a discussion? Okay, so, so... we got to make a show on this. Let's talk it out. Yeah, so me and John Seth, both of us, uh, not just me, but me and John Seth, have both been talking about the fact that the metaverse... Metaverses straight, are... Straight up doesn't exist. It's not even <laughs> a real thing. It's fake. And I told Ben, I said, this would be a funny show, and so that's how we got to here, and now I'm sitting in a palatial... Malibu and an Airbnb that cost five million dollars. I mean, Peter's spending way too many sats on this thing. You know, it's it's obvious, but it's okay. Um, you know, you got to live a little. You know, what I mean, Peter is in very bad health. <laughs> I think you funded this. No, Peter, I think you just funded. <laughs> Peter's in atrociously bad health. He could die. At, he could die at any moment. You pay he's, for this, dude. He's had COVID for eight months. Anyway, he's had COVID um, for dude, I just live on the money you lose to me. <laughs> so, the thing is, is. On Clubhouse over the last like several months, I've been, uh, you know, I've been talking to idiots um, who've been telling me that essentially the metaverse is a, a real thing. And they would say things to me like, not only is the metaverse real, but we're in the metaverse right now. And I would say, the fuck does that mean? Yeah. We're on an audio app on Clubhouse. How is this the metaverse? In, in my definition, this is the internet. And they would say, no, no. It's the metaverse. We're in the metaverse, dude. You don't even get it, bro. Can you go? Can you go deep in that? Could we actually be in the metaverse? No, we're in the metaverse. Well, no, but like only, if, only if simulation yes. theory is true, Peter. Absolutely. <laughs> what, <laughs> I like. I, what are your odds do you put on simulation theory being real and that we're in a simulation? Um, here's the zero. Thing that, here's the thing that most people who are stupid don't understand about simulation theory is that in Nick Bostrom's original paper on simulation theory, the the most likely outcome is that. Humanity never reaches a post-human civilization or post-human era. And so the most likely outcome is that we blow ourselves up through nuclear war or climate change or starvation or whatever, and we never reach the post-human era. The great filter. And the second most likely outcome is that we reach the post-human era and we create you know, myriad civil, uh, simulations and we live in one, inside of one of those simulations. And so the, the lowest probability denominator is that we live inside of base level reality in which we create the simulations. But the most 
likely scenario is that we die out before we create simulations. But it's a non-zero chance we are in one. Uh, no, yeah, it's non-zero. Like, it's the middle scenario, essentially. What, what, like, what percentage chance do you put that we're in one? I would say that the likelihood that we don't reach the post-human era is like at 80%, especially like with everybody arguing about what their race and their dick is. So there's a 20% like chance you know, we're in one. Yeah, there's a 20% chance that we're in a simulation and there's like probably like a 0.0001% chance that we're in the base level reality that creates the simulation. What about you, John Seth? Do you think we could be in one? Uh, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. I, I, I tend to think that like... Uh, the simulation theory is just like a nice way for atheists to tell me they believe in God. It is a version of intelligent design, as as Jenta put it. it like, it's like I, the idea that it's yeah. like the question is whether it's Vitalik Buterin or a man <laughs> like with the beard in the clouds in some <laughs> ethereal place. And uh, <laughs> I, I'll, I'd, I'd put my money on the second it's one. Vitalik. All right. So listen, <laughs> you've got these conversations on Clubhouse. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. There's people saying we're in the metaverse now. Is it? Uh, are you saying there there can never be a metaverse? Or no, are you so, saying yeah, I think I think that's the thing I want to be uh, specific about before we start this, you know, essentially interview is is it's already started. We started, <laughs> no, no, dude. No, 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 I, <laughs> we started. I'm aware. But what I'm saying is that I'm 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 more or less bullish the idea of VR, AR, XR, uh, mixed reality, whatever you want to call it. I'm I'm bullish that idea. I think it's a really interesting idea, and I've been bullish for it a long time, and I think that humans are naturally going to want to live in um, extended versions of their reality or mixed versions of their reality. But the, the, the problem with it becomes, you know, the version of it that's being sold now, like we're all in the metaverse, is, is essentially this like, you know, hey, we're, we're in an NFT universe, and um, I bought this board ape, and we're going to live in this version of the reality um, that I subscribe to where this Bored Ape is on my t-shirt when I attend a marshmallow concert in Fortnite, and that's going to be the version of the metaverse that 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 I'm aligned with. And I think I think that version of the metaverse is is vaporware, and I think it's bullshit. And I think that, well, that and, and also that's yeah. the only that's the only version of the metaverse that they believe matters, right? They want to believe that the like I, I was in a clubhouse room similarly, and a guy was telling me how airplanes are going to be amazing in the future. They're going to be cheaper because you can build them in the metaverse. And, <laughs> and I, I tried to push back on the point. I told him that that was, you know, I, I, try, I was very uh, respectful. I said, that's idiotic. Um, and why would you get on a plane in the metaverse? I don't know. You it, could just like hop. Teleport. It, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Like right. technology in the metaverse is not an issue. You can, you can literally put Star Trek-like uh, reconstitution engines in the, the metaverse that will like disintegrate your particles and then move you some other place because you're just information, right? Yeah. So there's no reason, but he was like, airplanes are gonna be cheaper to build, it's gonna be cheaper to get places. Everything is gonna be way, way, way cheaper because we're in the metaverse. And I, I just, I couldn't believe that this was something that somebody was saying. And it, it sounded very much like they were saying it because they were trying to convince themselves. Mm -hmm. So, I mean... Yeah, but there are I, a lot of stupid people out there. Yeah, but the thing is, I think this is what the VCs are trying to do right now, pitching this stuff. The metaverse pitch is that it is an alternate reality. And what's blowing my mind is the number of people that are excited about being plugged into this thing that they are literally pitching as the Matrix. Right. Mm -hmm. L let me tell you my interpretation of metaverse, and then you yeah. can either destroy yeah. it or agree, whatever. Um, for me, the metaverse is, uh, as a singular term, doesn't really work because uh, there should probably or most likely be multiple metaverses if they exist. That's and for me, therefore, if Continue. there's a metaverse, what it is, it is a 
uh, it's a, like a VR SimCity. You go into that world and you maybe have a home in it and you can maybe go to your friend's home, but you can maybe go to a, uh, you want to watch a Liverpool match, you end up in the stadium. But perhaps the Liverpool things develop by themselves. So really what you're using is your VR set to go into your home. But when you want to get a Liverpool game, you have to come out and then reload that application. And who knows if this stuff all integrates at one point so you don't have to mm. log Isn't out. Isn't that just a video game? Well, the point is, but I, I get what you're saying. But for me, the metaverse is like this world you can go in and live and do different experiences and it kind of can grow and grow and grow. And it really is, it's just a label. We're relabeling something we've already got for a future where it's, it's a more holistic experience. Yeah, so I think that the conception of the metaverse that you're describing is the sort of idea that, uh, you know, there's going to be some device that's invented by Apple or Google or whomever. Right, and right now. Right, and that, right. And that you're going to spend like 90 to 95% of your time in, you know, AR, XR, you know, mixed reality. And that you will be essentially in the metaverse at that point, and that the metaverse will be a extension of the internet. And I think I think that's a credible idea. I think that will happen at some point in the future. The problem is that like we don't have that technology existing today and that there is no um, market leader with market share that you know makes it obvious that that is going to happen. And so this is not a, like a sort of a far-fetched idea on the technology spectrum that like it will happen eventually, but like it's not going to happen anytime soon. And so if you're trying to sell your board ape uh, yacht club NFT or whatever, uh, based on the predicate of this idea that it, it's just not going to happen. Oh, at what point, like, at what point are you in a metaverse? Is, or is it just a, like too vague an the, idea you can never no, no, really define? No, no, no. The it? metaverse is a place and time. Like I just said, it's a place and time at which you're spending greater than ninety percent of your time in a digital environment, right? Like, so I, you live in there and you come out maybe to so sleep. I would say that like today we spend like greater than fifty percent of our time in a digital a digital environment using our smartphones, and uh, you, you know, with an AR glasses set or something of that of that kind, we will spend greater than ninety percent of our time in a extended reality, uh, you know, metaverse style so interaction. You, you wake up, you put on your headset, you go in. Yeah, and then you go to sleep. You take off your, med you know, you take it off maybe to have sex, to jerk off, to shit, whatever. But you know, most of the time you're in it. Right? You maybe would have the sex in the metaverse. I mean, you, you, might, you could you even might, shit in the metaverse. On, yeah, depending on who you're having sex with, you know. Yeah. First state, first states could be in the metaverse. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I think a lot of the metaverse conception right now is largely due to the fact that people are trying to justify these NFT purchases. Yes, um, and I, I find that interesting. Like I think a lot of them do believe that these NFT purchases are going to be worth something because they're going to be used in the metaverse for some you know reason, and maybe they will initially, but like over time you're going to have a degradation of the value of especially early NFTs. It's just, I mean, if, it can't be a flex forever. These, the, the, uh, the art of, like, crypto punks or bored apes is shit art. It, it doesn't represent much in culture uh, other than stupidity, I think. All right, let me, let me argue back with you on that. Yeah. And, and as somebody who doesn't own an NFT, never bought one, yeah. I don't fully understand it, I don't care for them, but... Well, I, I tried to enlighten you on non-fungible tokens early on, but you rejected it. But are we not being hypocrites here with the whole modern art thing? Are we potentially being boomers... Yeah, we had a you and no, I had a long conversation no, about. No, bear with me. Let me no, let me finish. No, no. This is between me and him. No. <laughs> so you and I had had this long conversation yeah. about modern art. There yeah. are there are people, Bitcoiners specifically, uh -huh. who think modern art is fiat art. Yeah. There, there's no kind of like 
effort that goes into yeah. it, like a Rothko can't be justified at $50 million, $100 million, because it's just a couple of squares on a canvas. Sure. And you and I said, no, this is not only wrong, it's insulting. Correct. Yeah, art is subjective. So I, I'm glad that you said that because I was, I was afraid that maybe I'd taken the other side of that. I didn't remember. I was like, shit, did I say no, something? You, you, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with all so, of that. So, but like, isn't it, if art is subjective, could you not argue that, forget the technology on NFTs. I, I don't view art as subjective. I, I, I never have. Um, well, it's personal, so it's subjective. I, I, don't, I don't view it, I view it as a matter of taste. And I think that mm -hmm. taste is something that you develop and is somewhat objective. And you, if you have taste, if you develop taste, what you can do is you can do something like look at a Rothko, and you can say like it's not for me, but I see I see the design, I see what it is. I slightly disagree on that. I think there are things you just won't like and you don't appreciate. That could very well be. And, that but, could very but, well be. Whatever. whatever. But so, so could, the, could you like so in the art world there are tens of thousands of tortured artists not making money, and then you get yeah. the odd Rothko, yeah. uh, Picasso, etc. The, the board apes entrepreneurs are not among those. No, but what I'm saying <laughs> what I'm saying is is that. I'm so depressed, I'm going to draw eight. But um, <laughs> could you not argue that board eights are a cultural representation of this period of time? Something we don't like, but it's still a cultural representation of this period of time. No, I think, so I think where Pepe's are. And this, is, this has been my point since the beginning, is that none of this is art. This is all response. Um, generally, art is conversational, predictive, stuff like that. It's advancing of a... Uh, it's advancing of discussion. Rothko and like a lot of the modern art, in my opinion, is very interesting. Uh, with just just with regard to like its uh, the intelligence service uh, involvement in its creation to basically change conversation ar around what you know culture was and such. This isn't a change in conversation. It's not an advancement in conversation. Rare Pepe, however, was, and the reason that was is because that was predictive. It was a predictive, uh, a predictive piece of art that said, this is the stupid shit that people are going to do in the future. And they made it, what, seven years ago, eight years ago, six years ago? I don't know how many. It's many years ago, before the NFT started. It, I mean, that, this is a uh, what, what, but-for causation. Without Rare Pepe, um, and I, I'm, I'm, glad to, I'm, I'm glad to throw my own hat in the ring, uh, without, without, without Bitcoin Uncensored, there is no Rare Pepe. Without Rare Pepe... There is no CryptoKitties. Without CryptoKitties, there is no CryptoPunks. Without CryptoPunks, there is no Bored Apes. Without Bored Apes and CryptoPunks, there is no NFTs. So I think there is. You can't guarantee that. I, I, I think that, yeah, that, I think could, that you, you it might have happened it, in 10 that years. Was the, that was That's the, the progression. progression. Yeah. CryptoKitties is a direct result of what, mm -hmm. uh, what people saw happen in Rare Pepe's. And uh, the Rare Pepe stuff was literally. I mean, there's hilarious interviews with, like, Theo, for example, that you can go watch that are just, they're just fucking funny. And they're funny because it was, he was acutely aware of what we were doing. Um, Rare Pepe was a conversation about how dumb blockchain conversation had gotten and where, and how dumb it could get. That was, that was the joke. And the Rare Pepe sold last week for 18 Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, I think that, look, I've said my point on NFTs, I'm not a fan. I have no intention of buying them. Uh, I, I have no intention of creating them. It's just not a part of my life. But at the same time, I observe on Twitter, and Twitter has now enabled people to post their flex as their avatar. And people are doing it. 
and that's not going away in the short term. I, I so agree I, with that. I agree so with I that. think within the metaverse, you can see the NFTs and be an extension of your avatar. But it's just it's just a beanie baby. The fuck like, is that's, the metaverse? That's all it is. Like, the fuck sure. is the metaverse? Yeah, no, but, it's just a beanie baby. I mean, like, people, people buy prestige all the time. The problem with prestige is that it's a moving target. Like, you know, people talk about, like, what, what the next uh, blockchain that's going to come up is going to be, and they try to, like, jump on these trains. Um, and we talked about it last week, how, like, uh, we talked mm -hmm. about how early Bitcoiners were wondering about sort of Bitcoin bimetallism. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Litecoin called itself the silver to Bitcoin's gold, and we had a big conversation about, in, in Bitcoin, whether bimetallism was a thing you needed. Did you need a gold, or did you need a silver to Bitcoin's gold? And um, one of my biggest critiques, and one of the reasons that you know, I would call myself a Bitcoin maximalist, is it doesn't make any sense, particularly for a store of value, if what you have to do is maintain your eye on Reddit and find out what the next uh, thing you're going to have, like what, what is the next thing you're going to have to move your money into in order to maintain your wealth. That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. That's not a world that anybody actually wants to live in. It's a world that 13-year-olds want to live in because they want to get rich, and the best way to do that is to like, you know, get on a pump and, and, and Catch play. Catch a new way. Yeah. Yeah. I was but, here in uh, LA a few years ago, and I met the guy. Sadly, he passed away uh, last year, I think it was. The guy used to run Wax. Mm -hmm. And he did a presentation on, uh, they had like a part of their business where you could buy, they were talking about buying things within like World of Warcraft and things like that. And he talked about a guy who bought this limited edition one of one gun mm -hmm. and it was $30,000. Right. And I was like, what the fuck? And he said, listen, what do you like? Do you, do you play golf? I said, I play golf. He said, well, some people play golf, some play tennis. And when they play golf, maybe they buy the most expensive golf clubs. They're not going to make fuck all difference to their game, but right. they want that. He said, mm -hmm. this guy doesn't play golf. He plays whatever, Wizards and... CSGO yeah. or whatever. And he yeah. wants that gun. He wants everyone to know but, he's got but, that gun. But this gun. is my point. Is, yeah. is prestige items are a moving target. So, like, NFTs might be around a while, but... These markets are gonna like form and collapse and form and collapse. And if you want to, if you, if what you're trying to do is flex, you're gonna have to spend a lot of money flexing over the next few years. But maybe some people just will, or maybe a bit like the art world, there will be a few unique sets that will retain value. Maybe Bored Apes or Yacht Club or whatever these. I don't even know what they are, but maybe over time, because they were the like the original badass expensive but NFT. You're just buying, you're just buying receipts. Well, it's like, yeah, of course. Is, is are, are CryptoPunks even a flex anymore? Because it seems to me more that uh, the Bored Apes are a flex, right? Like Justin Bieber owns a Bored Ape and so does Eminem and so does Kylie He Kemmer. owns a receipt for a Bored Ape. Well, of course, but like I'm saying, what I'm saying is fundamentally, I think fundamentally what's, what's, what's interesting with the NFTs versus like a Bitcoin, and I, I guess we're starting with the NFT conversation here, um, is that Bitcoin's, Bitcoin's interesting in that you can have it, right? But you mm. can't really own it. Because you have it if you know the private key. If 10 people know the private key, all of them have it. None of them really own it. Any, until, you know, if you spend it, then you might own the thing that, that you spent it on. But, like, anyone can have it. It's very difficult to own. NFTs, on the other hand, anybody can, can own, but nobody can have. Because you don't have it. You have the receipt. And the image anyone else can download and take. And it's, it's very, like, unless it's an in-game asset, it, it makes no sense. It, yeah. and, and an in-game asset even is a little bit uh, problematic because what you're doing if you're creating an in-game asset, like let's say you make World of Warcraft in-game assets on the blockchain so everyone can see them. What you've effectively done is you've given your competitors a way to steal all of your customers. They can be like, anybody who comes to our game can start at whatever level they were in, at, you know, in World of Warcraft, you know, import your assets. Uh, a giant orc hammer is, is, is this in our game. And these games have solved this problem before 
they, they've solved yeah. it. It's in a database. It's they don't need a blockchain. It's so like, why, why do they need to solve it? And like Jen said, we were talking about this, is, is essentially the idea that, uh, you know, me and, me and you both have the same, like, you know, NFT, right? But like, what, what does it actually mean to own that NFT? Does it actually mean anything? It doesn't. Well, somebody else is picking the image Right, right, that the it's, NFT represents, yeah. and they can change that. Image. It's not actually on chain; it's just a receipt for the image. Correct, and and it, unlike Bitcoin or even any of these, you know, blockchains, whether whether you're a Bitcoin maximalist or not, it is not the thing itself. And I think mm -hmm. that that's really important to understand: is that like when you buy a Beanie Baby, you, they don't hand you the receipt, and the receipt has value. They hand you it's, a Beanie Baby. It's the Beanie Baby that yeah. has value. Yeah. With NFTs, I mean, we've never had anything like it where a receipt retains value. So, I mean, some, some of these NFTs are conferring rights on people. Um, that's a little different. I don't, again, you don't need an NFT for that. You could have done that in plenty of other ways. It's just contracts. But, like, some of these NFTs are conferring rights on people. Fine. Um, but you don't need blockchains for this. And there's no reason to use a blockchain apart from the fact that you're just trying to, like, jump on a trend. It, blockchains are always marketing. Always. Uh, if, it's not, if it's not being used for cash money, there's no purpose to it other than just marketing. Yeah, and this goes to the point of like, you know, what is the point of your your crypto blockchain, right? Like, because we as Bitcoin maximalists, you know, we we basically like honed in on the idea that there is only one valid proof of work blockchain, and that is Bitcoin. And in fact, there is only one valid use of blockchain, and that is to securitize Bitcoin. It's, it's like these are endogenous systems, and they only uh, apply to the assets that are, you know, within their design, right? And so it's like, what the fuck are you using your blockchain for if not to be a shitty protocol that's ultimately centralized in terms of like, you know, platform maximalism so that you can get around the limitations of your shitty protocol design? Like, it makes no fucking sense. And yet I have to deal with this like uh, just bullshit from people who are NFT promoters all day long about like, you know, what it means to be. An NFT, and it, it, it means but nothing. We, we, have had, we have had representations of things rather than the things themselves, right, that have value. And those are stock certificates, mm -hmm. right? And in some sense, those are like NFTs. But the reason that they're valuable is because there's legal infrastructure in place to make them valuable. And the reason that we did that is because those things produce things. They produce value. And so we, we wanted a way to distribute ownership, and we did that. Whereas a blockchain is a way to route around regulations. Yeah, exactly. It's regulatory arbitrage. So the only, yeah. Way, yeah. the only way that the NFT space sees any actual value going forward is if like, regulators get their, their claws inside of it and start building infrastructure around which like, people own JPEGs. Then decentralization Which, doesn't matter. Right. But then it well, never matters. Not, not only does it not matter, matter, it's just a hilarious thing to think that like Congress will do. Yeah. Like like if they started regulating NFTs and the uh, the selling of JPEGs, I would I would laugh my ass off. It would be so funny. It'd be a great waste of time. It would be the moment we knew that the country was lost. This idea of web three is that we we are going to you know, web, web one was this idea that like everyone's going to be their own server and we're going to run our own, you know, email server and we're going to, you know, be a ton. Of I, I fundamentally like, believe that, by the way. Well, I, th I think the three most important inventions of my lifetime, I've been saying this for a while, Bitcoin, the Internet, the Raspberry Pi. I think you're I think you're wrong because, you know, what Web one showed us is that people don't want to be their own server. They, they don't give a fuck about personal software. We didn't have the Raspberry Pi. We didn't have thirty dollars. Like, well, like your, your aunt doesn't know what the fuck it, a Raspberry Pi is. Yeah, but it doesn't care. matter. The, the single, the single, uh, what are they called? The single uh, chip boards or whatever. What are they called? The single. 
PCBs, this yeah. whatever they're small factor PCBs, for thirty bucks. I mean, it's not it's not about whether your aunt knows. It's about whether you can be your own server. It's whether about whether you can use it for like, you know, a personal uh, personal privacy and stuff like that. Like, particularly as Americans, we're obsessed with the idea that the government becomes rotten, and what we do if the government becomes rotten. That's why we are obsessed with guns. Um, although we're in California, mm-hmm. um, which is sad because I, I view California as the uh, the defenders of the nation against China. So they'll they'll march right in without any. They'll march California. right in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> California's will throw rocks. At How them. far do they get? Arizona. <laughs> the, the, uh, Arizona is about as far as you get. The next state Cal- over. California. Uh, Utah. Would, <laughs> California. <laughs> California would be like. Thank you. We appreciate your multiculturalism. Yeah, Please we love you. Join, yeah, we join love our clubs. You. You're so great. Um, but uh, did, yeah, you, no. did you bring Szechuan sauce? But, but like, we are we are obsessed with this idea of like the government going rotten. And if the government yeah. does go rotten, like the 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 internet, Bitcoin, Is and uh, yeah. single single uh, like the, the small factor PCBs are the are the answer. And that's what's amazing to me is that we have all of those things in place right now and guns. Is it is it though that they're just not that cool? I mean, we think it's cool. Well, it's just that people do not want to deal with the hassle of running their own Raspberry Pi node. They just don't. Mm-hmm. And I mean, but they don't have to really. Yeah. Well, no. They, they, they don't. Do, they don't. They, do, they don't though. want they to do. until they. They don't want to until they have to. That's, for, that's for, the thing. For full full self sovereignty, they do. No, my friend, this is this is the Bitcoin argument. Yeah, like Bitcoin, I know. Bitcoin doesn't work. But you don't do Bitcoin until you have to come to Bitcoin. Yes. This is what always happens. People say, "I don't need Bitcoin." But very few. And then, and then very like, few in the Western world have to come. That's the problem. Well, that, uh, mm-hmm. it slowly, it, it's a concentric circle of people that don't need it. Right? Like yeah. it's bigger, it's that's smaller true. and smaller. That's like, true. Like the, the circle expands. First, you know, first years ago. Um, what was it? It was uh, who, who needed Bitcoin. It was Bitcoiners and and, mm-hmm. and you know low lives who decided that they were going to like play with money. Money's always been dirty, you know. Yes. When that's why uh, that's that's why you know the Jews started like picking it up and doing usury and stuff like that, or like like not usury, but like uh, interest, right? Because the rest of society viewed this like filthy lucre as money. So you end up with like very wealthy people who played with money early, right? The Rothschilds and stuff like that. And money's always been considered dirty. You know, bankers, uh, bankers now deal with it, and now it's like a highfalutin thing. But Bitcoin comes around, it's new money, and it's dirty. Just like money's always been considered dirty. So who gets in first? Mm. Hookers. Who gets, mm. in sec- who gets in second? Drug dealers. That's why Peter's here. Who gets in third? Libertarian. No. Um, uh, who gets in third? You have, uh, you, you, have uh, you know, the neo-Nazis and such, right, that, that start getting debanked. And then, like, the government has, you know, in more recent years been going after, like, conservatives in general. Mm-hmm. And the, the circle of people that need this is growing and growing and growing. And that's the same thing with, like, any of these devices. Uh, the Internet early on, very few people used, and as it became easier and better, people used it. The Raspberry Pi is the same thing. Like, a lot of these node interfaces that, that Bitcoiners are using are running on, essentially, a Raspberry Pi, right? And you don't have to interface with the Raspberry Pi because someone else did all the installation for you, but you buy it from Casa or something like that. You know, you basically are buying a Raspberry Pi with a node. Right. Correction, Casa doesn't have a, a node anymore. Just uh, they just used so we to. Know. They, they used, used to. to. Yeah. Start. They, start they discontinued nine, that. Nine. Yeah. Start nine. I mean, just on that point, like everyone should run a node, but it's should. not. It's not a hundred percent essential. You can you can be pretty self-sovereign with a cold card. You got you got to know why you should run a node before you do. I mean, like that's yeah. the thing with with Bitcoin. It's hard because. Because you're trusting someone else's node. Well, you're trusting someone else's node, but you also don't understand what your node does at first, right? Like, you don't understand until you, you know, you are don't here have a while. The scars, yeah. You don't understand that, like, the node provides you privacy. Yeah. 
and that the node provides you this and that, and that like you don't really have the guarantee of, you know, like all of these things are sort of abstract concepts in Bitcoin. And you don't understand them until, you know, you, you, you're here a while and you find out that you need them because like, I don't know, maybe, maybe you're one of those people that the government doesn't like or you're a stripper and, or, or you're labeled a neo-Nazi, like, uh, I don't know, who's, a, who's like a Nick um, Fuentes here in the US who the government has, has gone after. Like that, that's the kind of person that suddenly it's very important that they're running a node and that like they can you know, receive funds or whatever, whatever the hell they want. I think, I think with nodes, it's going to be similar to cars in that most people will take their car to a garage and I, very few actually tinker in the engine themselves and fix problems. And I think with Bitcoin, it would be very similar. Most will use someone else's node. They will use a, a hardware wallet. that will use Ledger's node or, or yeah. Trezor's node, yeah. Yeah, and they will trust that and it will be more of a fringe idea to run a node. And that's not saying... But you can. You can, but you can also figure out how to change the oil in your car or you know, fix certain things. But people That's just man don't. stuff. Man stuff. I, I, I agree with you. But to me, um, a lot of the sovereignty stuff, like I'm not, I'm not like big on the notion of sovereignty. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of the Bitcoiners are kind of obsessed with it. But um, I'm not super big on the notion of like self-sovereignty as I, I'm, I'm a fan of the nation state in many ways. Like for many years, I was called a cuck in that way. Yeah, but I get like, that. Yeah. But I, I don't think that the nation state's the worst thing. I, I do think, though, that it's important to prepare for nation state rot. And I think that these are the best vehicles to do that with. So would you say, I mean, I wouldn't say, it's pretty obvious we're in a phase of nation state rot right now. Yes, absolutely. Uh, pretty obvious. Do you think the NFTs themselves are a reflection of that rot? Yes. yes. 100%. Look at the book when, when Money Dies by Adam Ferguson. Read it? It's the same thing, right? It's like... When a currency is circulating the drain, the the people that are under that currency will speculate on the nation's dog shit, essentially. That's why and Ethereum is where all yeah. the NFTs are. NFTs That's are no true. different. <laughs> Someone on Solana. Just kidding. So, yeah, uh, it's all the same shit. Solana is just do I, dog I, shit under a different I name. I think the current generation is suffering from like a, a nihilistic attitude. Yes. That is highly problematic. And in them is conferring this idea that what they need to do is put their money into these high-risk assets <laughs> and hope and pray that they get rich. Uh, it's sort of an accelerationism that they've adopted in their thinking. And it's, it's this notion that uh, everything, everything all, all, of, all of the juice has been squeezed before they got here and that they're, that they're just kind of skimming they're you know they're they're licking the sort of i don't know dead testicular skin that's like left over no i want to i want to i want to read this quote real quick that i saw on wall street bets just a couple of days ago uh this guy yoloed basically five hundred thousand dollars that he had refinanced on his home mortgage into options expiry on on tesla's earnings calls and when called on it he basically lost everything because he was wrong on his bet when called on it people said you have that much money, but you still played a short expiry. You literally deserve it. And he said, I didn't have that much money. I refinanced my house, which has appreciated a lot the last couple of years. And basically nothing changes in my life. I still have my house, my job, my income. I just will probably never be able to retire. This risk had two outcomes. I either retire and live my best life or my life stays the same. It sucks to take the sell, but at the end of the day, I won't be affected for many years by the time that by the time that every cell in my body 
will have been replaced and I will be a completely different person anyway. Jeff Booth would have an answer for that. It's amazing. And, and it's, it's a great lie because yeah, this generation amazing. was born into a, an America where you could afford a house if you worked. Um, you couldn't afford a house at 23. You, you could have afforded a very small house, which is what your parents bought. Your parents bought a 900-square-foot house. Uh, kids don't want a 900-square-foot house. They want a you know, 3,000-square-foot house. So they're, right. they're looking... Yeah, on, on up here in Malibu. Making they're looking TikTok at, videos. Yes. They're looking at homes and they're going like, I'll never afford what my parents had. The house we're in costs $5 million, yeah. by the way. If they, if, they, if they bought the house their parents bought, they could afford it. If they, uh, you know, the, the idea that college is going up in, in price, you look at the average amount people actually pay for college, it's something like 15K a year. It's, it's not the like 45K or 50K that the sticker price is. People get loans or, or sorry, not loans, people get scholarships a lot of times. These colleges subsidize the cost and yet we like pretend the sticker price is the amount. Um, like these are, the, these are the things that people talk about. Like they, they chart these out and they say, look at the sticker price of college. It's so much higher than it used to be. But these subsidies are available. And this entire generation has been told that they're never going to be able to afford these things. And the result is that they've developed nihilism even though it's just a lie. It's they, a literal lie. They can rent from BlackRock. Well, the nihilism, they could rent from BlackRock, which, which, by the way, most of them would be better off doing. The nihilism causes them to do things uh, such as investing in Board Apes Yacht Club rather than, you know, putting that money quote on their investing. Yeah, <laughs> quote investing uh, rather than putting that money on their on their future home, or in an equities portfolio, or in Bitcoin, or anything that was stable and long term. Tether. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> fucking Jensen. But. You know, it, it prevents them from doing such because they believe that essentially that, you know, the consensus is a lie. And, 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 you know, they're not that wrong about that. Like the consensus is sort of a lie. And th they also believe that the only way to get ahead is to YOLO their entire stack onto some ridiculous bet. And either. Th th that is true. That they're all right. playing, they're all putting 100% of their bet on black. And they do this yes. throughout their life. Like Absolutely. When they're, when they're 14, they put 100% of their stack on black. When they're 20, they put 100% of, the, uh, of their stack on black. Like it's it's a punctu it's a belief in this sort of like punctuated yep. equilibrium of investment theory, yep. where like you you get as much of a stack as you can, put it all in black, hope hope for the best. You get as much of a stack, you lose it. You get as much of a stack you can, you put it all in black, and and sometimes like with NFTs it works out because you put it all on board apes, and hmm. they shoot to the moon, and now you're rich. Right, but that only happens for very, that's, that's very, one, one very in, rarely. One in a thousand of these and, kids, or one in ten thousand. And you kids. had to be in on the, you know, you had to have some insider info on on what was going to. But, occur. but every kid knows someone who that happened to. Right, and and that to them, like they've never met anybody who got rich by putting their money in indexes because those people are quiet. Well, and also, one of the things we were talking about was that you know uh, they don't understand Bitcoin from first principles, right? So no. thusly, they don't understand NFTs from first principles, and they go, "Well, they're the same." I don't understand Bitcoin. I don't understand NFTs. Both of them seem to be, uh, you know, have some value. We, we and, talked about that yesterday. Like, the, right. you know, the, the, the there's a simplicity of elegance in crypto, and well, not crypto generally, but Bitcoin in particular. There's this elegance that Bitcoin is. It's yeah. a simple, simple machine. The the hashing algorithm is useless for all things except for hashing. That's the only thing it's good for. It's good for being provided as a receipt for energy that you spent. The monetary, yes. monetary policy is two rules. Two rules. Everything is super easy. Everything. And, and yet, combined together, Bitcoin creates this network and this system that is so hard to understand that you have to be a rocket scientist. Well, we were talking about this. It's so simple that people actually seek complexity. They, they want it to be more complex. They want it to be Because complex. they don't want to believe that if it's yeah. simple, they wouldn't be able to understand it. Right. right? So that's the, the, like Bitcoin is this like 
thing that's super, super easy to understand when you understand fundamentally what it is, but which is, like, no one believes that it could be so simple to do what it does. And you have these NFTs, which are utterly incomprehensible, completely, uh, they're they're in these platforms like uh, for example OpenSea they're they're in these uh, they're 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 off of the chain which doesn't seem to make a difference to these people because they don't know what that actually means <laughs> if they were even more than that if you go if you go one deeper uh, being on chain wouldn't even change the nature of them you still like that wouldn't actually make it better because you still wouldn't own the thing other people could still download the thing right click yeah, yeah. you right click. Uh, Exactly, and so th th putting it on the chain doesn't make it more secure. That is, uh, in, in spite of it, these these NFTs are extremely non-complex, but people want to view complexity because they don't understand what's going on. And then when they're explained what's going on, they make excuses for it, and they ex they they now are like, yeah, but you know, consensus will give my board ape value. People will be. Uh, you know, the government will step in and enforce these things. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here thinking, if I were Christie's and I saw a need for this in the blockchain space, I would start making like an NFT database where you can upload yeah. your art for a cost and uh, they will hold it. And it's well, the Christie's why, NFT database. This is a perfect example. Why does OpenSea even bother with the air of decentralization when they could just be much better, much faster, more, much more efficient in a totally centralized fashion? Why do they even fucking well, bother? Let me go one further. If I were Christie's and I did that, I would then attach copyright to these things. Right. I, I'd make sure to register right. copyrights. Yes, yeah. I would do that as a service for these NFT Absolutely. slash art providers. Absolutely. And then I would I would start suing anybody mm -hmm. who uh, who is going like violating the copyrights that on would be behalf part of, of the artist. That would be part of your thing and, as Christie's. Yeah. And Getty Getty Images have proved that's fairly trivial to do. Super trivial. Easy. It's very easy. It's to very do. simple algorithm to check. Being a copyright push. troll is extremely easy. There's to no do. such thing as a copyright troll. <laughs> there is. But being a copyright troll is extremely easy to. If you, if you is, are, you a, is it a copyright troll or is it copyright? It's legitimately your copyright. Well, it's, it's not. It's co not like what Jones is saying is that it's legitimately your copyright. But because the internet has a different vantage point on IP, that you know they call it a copyright troll, but there is actually no such thing as a copyright troll. It's your copyright. It's copyright enforcement. You own your intellectual property for twenty years. You own it. But th this to me would be like the rational way to do NFTs, and they don't want to do that because. For some reason, blockchain has to be involved, and it's because they want it to be complex. But this is very simple. If well, no, just, but, but it's to give purpose to the blockchains. Yeah, there, these the, the Ethereum blockchain in particular is is a problem looking for a uh, solution, a solution, right? Or is a solution looking for a problem? Um, yeah. And and they keep developing these ERC these ERC uh, 20, protocols yeah. and whatnot in order to basically provide solutions to things that nobody actually wants. And, and maybe they do want them ultimately, but things that are not useful for a blockchain to do. Well, that's how Ethereum gets its pump. That is what it, that's what happens that's every time. That's how it gets time. its pump. Yeah. I mean, De DeFi is similar. DeFi's DeFi's got the same sorts of problems, right? Ethereum uh, allows you to do these things on blockchain, and and I mean, DeFi is going to have probably the first ever spectacular collapse that we've ever seen in the space because, like. It's all reliant on these uh, stable coins, which yeah. if they became unpegged for any reason, and this I have to give Brad Mills credit for like this line of argumentation. If they were to become unpegged, which there's a thousand reasons they could become unpegged, that whole thing collapses and it collapses quick. There's no government regulation watching it. There's no way that these children who are building it understand 
um, how much they should have on deposit to make sure that these don't happen. There's no insurance. Like, they're fucked. And it's going to hurt a lot of people. And that's just kind of the whole space right now is that people are just kind of piling into these things because they don't perceive the risk that's involved or with NFTs, they don't perceive uh, the, the idiocy of what, what they're claiming these things are and do. Should, should we care though? Why should we care? We shouldn't. <laughs> we, I mean, well, yeah, but we, like Hoddle will go on Clubhouse for you 27 to, hours a day and, and, and it's frustrating. Well, I, I, do you feel I like do, a moral duty I, to teach I, people? Yeah, I do feel a moral duty to tell people what's actually going on because, you know, I mean, it's an obfuscation protocol, the entire Ethereum thing. And it's like, I know that these people don't understand. They haven't done the first principles research. They, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And they're willing to, you know, swallow any line of bullshit, hook, line, and sinker. And so, yeah, I mean, I do feel a moral obligation to, to tell them that they're fucking stupid and that, you know, they need to fucking cut it out. And uh, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, to some degree, I'm sure John Smith will say, like, they need to just get racked and they'll learn on their own accord. Gotta have your Pokemon game reset. Yeah, and that's true too, because people aren't gonna listen to you, but I feel bad morally if I don't tell them what's happening. I, I feel like, I, I feel, for me the frustration is that with every single pump, you have a bunch of new, newcomers. And Hoddle, how many pumps have you had? Uh, two. Two. It's a very Bitcoin question. How many pumps have you had? <laughs> three. <laughs> three, okay. I can get it done in three pumps, bro. You know, three I'm pumps. just saying. Three I'm pump, saying. yeah. I mean, my first one did three pump maximalist and a two pump maximalist. My first one didn't count thing. too much. I, I didn't really Coming own Bitcoin. Middle. I was just using it on Silk that's, Road. That's fine. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's about I've community. Had two. I've it's, had two. If you're in the community and you start like seeing things. like uh, Three then. So 2013 so, was my first one. So I think about the number of, of uh, pumps that I've been in. I don't actually... You know, I've lost count at this Wait, point. Wait, did you own five, Bitcoin six? in 2013? Uh, the, so what I was doing, I was buying Bitcoin. No, you don't count. No, no, That's no, no. Two. That's no, no, two no, bear with me. You didn't let me finish. I was here in 2013. Uh, 2013, I was buying Bitcoin to uh, use the Silk Road. Uh, but then when the price started going up, I was buying CFD, Bitcoin CFDs on plus 500. So yeah. I was in the pump. What do you count that as? I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, what, it's what you think. Dude, just because I've right. got it's more pumps you than you. <laughs> It takes more pumps. It takes more pumps for him. My pump's bigger than your pump. Yeah. Can you open? Can you access that open there? I haven't fucking no, no idea. We'll what to do anyway. Um, so I mean, I, I don't know how many pumps I've been in. I don't know what what counts as a pump in the early days. There's a lot of. But like, what's funny is every time this thing pumps, you get a million billion new people coming in, and all of them run through exactly the yep. same fucking scams yep. again and again and again. And they get here and they pretend like they know what they're talking about. And it's, it's literally a manifestation of, I just heard Bitcoin, I just heard about Bitcoin and I'm here to fix it. Which is Jensen's meme. But that is my that. meme. But, 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 <laughs> he created that. I but, should NFT that. Yes, you should. You should. But there it's are, worth several mil. There are, there are people who stay in the altcoin game, multiple pumps. Fuck those people. There yes. are. They, they do. They, they do. do. There are those people. And also what I feel like is that the altcoin... Ethernet, Solano, community, NFTs, DAO people. I find that that grows exponentially bigger per cycle pump than the Bitcoin community. Mm, that's not true. No. I what feel like said, it is. What you, well, you feel like, what you feel like is wrong. The Bitcoin community dwarfs the shitcoin community, and it remains so still to this day in the fact that... No, nah, in the fact how, that... Well, we, how do you measure it? We are still bigger in the shitcoin community. But how do you measure? I don't measure think it matters. Yeah, but whatever. I, 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 I mean, don't think it P matters. Peter's saying that this, the shitcoin community 
pumps harder than the Bitcoin. Community. I mean, as compared, no, the, the, the reason is simple. The reason is simple. You know? The reason is simple because every time you have a pump, you have new people come in, and there's a huge number of people. And the first question they're asking is, "How do I get rich?" Yeah, right? cool. yeah. And the and, and the answer that you're going to get from a majority of places is go into shitcoins. There are so many people who want to turn eight thousand dollars into forty thousand dollars. I mean, there are so many people who want that. It's not, that, it's, that is the, like the, that, the promise here isn't turning yeah. eight thousand into forty. The promise here is turning eight thousand into a hundred million. And that it's a very different set of promises. But that doesn't happen. I mean, that that's like we we all know people that have done that. Yeah, we well, do. okay, we all know people that have done that because we've been around for a long time. But it's very rare. It's like five or ten. That's, very rare. that's what they think they're doing. Okay, they let think me, they're me, doing that, but what they're actually doing is eight into forty. Or that's or, what they're actually doing. sometimes. Or yeah, and what I'm saying is that what I'm talking about is eight thousand into eight million, which is a different game, and that's the Bitcoin game, which is several orders of magnitude higher. But it takes longer. It's not going to be as quick of a game. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. So if you want to turn eight into 40, I don't know what to do with you. Like, if, if, if your grand ambition in life is to get an M3 BMW, I just don't know where to put you. I think what it is, it's whatever number they start with, they want to get to a million. It's whether they start with 10, Fine. 5, Everybody 50. Everybody wants to be a millionaire. They want to get to a million. Once That's you get to a million, though, it doesn't fucking matter. Nothing matters. It's like... Well, you know that. I know that. Yeah. But. Everybody here is at this table is a millionaire, right? I I just Not gave me. you twenty grand. I think that bumped you over the top, but yeah. you know you're a millionaire yeah. now. That's what I can do with my because I'm a millionaire. Did you throw that shit? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you better be go careful get with that. It. It's twenty grand. <laughs> 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 what the fuck is it? <laughs> but yeah, the went out of the fridge. Next next Airbnb guest to stay here is going to be the very. The point is very about the, the point is not turning your million into two million. The, the point is about turning your million into a hundred. That's what Bitcoin's I, I, about. I don't actually think that's the point that I'm here for, honestly. Like I, well, I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 not, all, I'm, not, I'm all for no, getting I, rich. I agree with I'm you. All, I'm not. I'm not. I'm all I'm for getting rich. For, I'm not here for that either. But what I'm saying is that that's the. I, I don't have any. I, I'm not going to like argue that I have any altruistic yeah. motive. Um, no, we're all here. here for our own accord. We're, right. There's no, no all, that's not. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm shut not. Shut the that. fuck up. You're here for yourself. <laughs> I'm from Europe. We're socialists. Everyone's here for themselves. You're here for yourself. I'm not going to fame... This, this Airbnb not, that we're in in Malibu is worth $4.6 million. You could have easily gone to any fucking random... By the end of the show, it's going to be 3.6. But <laughs> I care about my guests. Well, he could have he easily gone to any fucking uh, you know, conference center in any shitty LAX hotel room that, that would have been... You know, but I want less. a nice experience for my guests. Okay, yeah. The point is, you're here for yourself, too. Everybody's here for themselves. A certain well, amount, but a certain amount, but not I, entirely. I don't, I don't know why people are here. Everyone's you're here, here for, for a different reason. Here for like, like, uh, Everyone's here for themselves. There's, there's people who are here because they're satisfying a libertarian itch. It, you know, there's people here who are misans who are satisfying their misanage. Right. There's hookers who needed Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> there's uh, me. Uh, there's there's people who started podcasts and throughout the were trying to find answers to questions, and in finding it found Bitcoin. Um, there's people uh, like me who are extremely uh, want to be who started as anarchists and maybe came around and. Uh, you know, changed our political positions and had to change our reasons for mm. being here, right? Yeah. But like, I, I'm not going to feign altruism. But uh, what was the original part of this? Like, why doesn't metaverse exist? Well, well not that part. <laughs> that we're we're far doesn't. from there right it now. Um, but should, no, my point well, is, the, the newbies we, coming in. Should right? should we care? And yeah. why why care? Like, while while I don't want people to lose money, I think I think in order for people to understand that they're not smart, that they that they are not they're not knowledgeable, they have to do it. Yeah. And I think you're right that people are here, like, I think you're correct, Peter, that people, like, want to get to a million. Like, it's this 
Bitcoin feels like this Hail Mary. Crypto feels like a Hail Mary of sorts. By the way, you know 9% of the U.S. is millionaires now. I thought right? it was 8%. Did it change that uh, much by today? I, I'm pretty sure it's 9%. It'd be 10% by the, yeah. the end of this interview. The end of the year. And anyway, the point is 9% of the U.S. population are millionaires. Yeah. So uh, it, it's not that unattainable anymore. The, the 2018 crash, going from a position of a crypto millionaire, yes, people talk about being paper millionaires, essentially a crypto millionaire to being close to broke right. was one of the, in hindsight, one of the best things that's happened to me. So that point of going, like maybe it's all part of the game three, that you go and you try and get rich, you get wrecked, and then you learn from that, you build those foundations to protect yourself financially. I think that giving like an 18-year-old a million dollars and letting them like, burn through it would be like the best lesson that you could mm. buy for an 18 year old I don't know do I mean, you say that you say that I, I think going from zero to a million and back down is a far better that, lesson that's, that's a great handed. lesson but that, that's what an 18 year old would be doing if you handed yeah, them but, a million but they're not really because they, listen, if you can give whether, them a million you're correct if you can give them a million they're already living a good life listen, with you whether it's a million or whether it's 50 grand or whether it's 100 whatever it is right like if you're speculating on the NFT market or the shitcoin market or the DeFi market or whatever, and you're in on it, you're gonna make and lose that amount of money, straight up. And so you'll either learn your lesson or you don't, right? It happened to me, I mean, I, I was uh, gambling on penny stocks and I lost, you know, fucking like $80,000, $80, which at the time was like all the money in the world. And uh, yeah, it, it taught me my lesson, you know, it really did. But like for most people, it, it does not. So. Right. But back to the point, why do we care? Because... Uh, we don't. We like, don't. We don't. Look, but it, uh, I'll put it to you, because I still don't know your political persuasion, but you get called a cock. You admit you're a fan of the, the state, or you agree with the state, or whatever. I, I don't, I, I'm not a fan of the state. I just think that the state has a role. He loves right? yeah. like, he I'm going to say, I'm like, yeah. reluctantly, I think it's better than I, I, I think the I think state that, is probably too big. Like, I don't, yeah. I, I care a lot about fiscal policy more than anything. But th therefore, do you agree certain things should be regulated? Yeah, 100%. So I'm, do you think this is something that should be regulated? I think it's inevitable. No, I, no, no. I, that, that's a completely I, I, different I answer. I don't live in the world of shoulds. I, I, like, I think that there are things that are going to be regulated, and this is one of them. I mean... So, like, I, I mean, should yeah. it be regulated? I mean, it's going to be. So if you're, ta yes, if you're talking about, like, if you're talking about, like, you know, is Gary Gensler from the SEC going to come in and, like, clean up all the illegal securities? The answer is, fuck yes. I mean, have you been paying attention or but not? But are you glad about that? Um, I'm ambivalent. Here's the thing is like this ideological bullshit about like, you know, oh, what do you want to happen? Do you want everybody to fight it out in the free market? It's like, dude, I don't know. It, it, if we lived in like my perfect paradise, Bitcoin would already be $100 million a coin and you already be dead. Uh, so like, I don't have a magic wand. I can't, you know, I can't just wave my magic <laughs> wand and make things happen. You only want me dead because I keep taking your money. <laughs> and, and like, if I could, I would do that, right? But like, I can't. So we live in the real world in which you know, the SEC has, has a right. bent against the you know, majority of ICOs and DeFi. I'm, and I'm, I'm, strongly, I'm strongly ambivalent to the regulation. I would like to see it be regulated well. I think they're going to make a lot of really dumb missteps. I think the United... I view the United States right now as, as being desperate for money. Yeah. Um, it's becoming clearer and clearer that they're desperate for money. Uh, and, you know, I think they view Bitcoin as like a giant pool of money that they can get. So I think that this that's a dangerous, a dangerous mentality for a government to begin thinking that that, that is theirs. And I do think that there's a 
po a strong possibility they overregulate or problematically regulate the space. But I'm, as to like whether the regulation exists, I'm, I'm fairly ambivalent. Do you think Bitcoin can solve the U.S. Uh, fiscal position? Do I think it could solve? Uh, like if, no. if the United States no. put money in Bitcoin? Adopted it. I think it would have to be a slow process. I think the answer is no. I think, I think that there's, I think Bitcoin's in a, pro, like the way that I view money nowadays, and I've, I've been using this analogy for a while, is that we've had money as a theory for centuries. We've known that there's this thing out there uh, that's a, a great, perfect medium of exchange. And we've had, uh, we've had things that are proximate to that thing that have a lot of the features of the thing. Gold, silver, uh, grain, you know, shells, whatever, whatever the hell it was. And that uh, when Satoshi solved the Byzantine general's problem, it was like someone putting a hole in the ground and oil popping out. But instead of oil, it was, you know, this orange, uh, orange coin. Orange and goo. Yeah, <laughs> it's orange goo, it's primordial orange goo. And we looked at it and like those who know what money is looked at it and said, that's, that's money. Holy shit. And it's the first time we've ever seen, you know, real money. So, but I think right now what's going on is that Bitcoin is in the process of monetizing. And I think it's probably a bad time for any countries to do things like what El Salvador is doing. I think that that's like a high, high risk bet. And it's going to be really, really, a really, really good bet on some days. And other days it's going to be the kind of bet that's going to get a president uh, ousted or assassinated. Uh, or assassinated. So it's, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a better bet for the country than it is the, the president who makes the decision. Probably, yes. yeah. yeah. It's it's a popular and unpopular decision depending on where Bitcoin is. I think it's a highly volatile. It's, asset. Yeah, this is a very radical thing to do. And you I mean, have to be I very mean, slow. If you want to do it, you put like right. half a percent in. You know, one percent. But you, you could yeah, argue like, Bukele's doing it in the right way well, because they haven't put too much in. Kudos to Bukele, but I'm, but you know what John's saying is accurate. Is that the the political risk is astounding. Yeah. You know, and it could come to bite you in the ass. At, at any but I think time. countries. I think countries know this and like they do. They're they're realizing that like this at some point this is going to be a bit of a who has the most Bitcoin war and mm. America I the think I think, yeah. I think people don't realize that like part of the holdings of Bitcoin in any country are the number of people that actually hold it and uh, as a national security risk I think that like in America what they should be encouraging is people to hold it and uh, people to find creative ways to mine and whatnot in the U.S. and a f and a friendly environment to and live so people don't leave. We don't, we don't have the government. In America, we don't have the government hold all the guns. Um, we as Americans hold the guns. And if but that's we, not to defend against invaders. That's to defend against a tyrannical it's defend, it's regime. To, no, yes. that's, that's, that's what they it's tell both, you. Both. It's for whatever reason we need the guns. Yeah. If we need the guns to defend against our own government, okay, we hope we never have to do that. But, but if I mean, we need also, the guns yeah. to defend American soil, right. like there's, I don't know, Two, I don't know how many, like probably four billion guns in the United States. I mean, States. would you would you want to be China and try and take Western Appalachia? You are fucked. Well, so this You're this fucked. this connects to a conversation. You're gonna I, get raped. I had a conversation hardcore by Billy Bob. I had a conversation yesterday with VJ Boyaparty, and we talked about post democracy that the U.S. may balkanize at one point, and he sees that Bitcoin needs leads to an inevitable breakdown of the state and you end up with city-states. And I, one question I put at him is that if that happened in the US, then as a global superpower, it's lost its position against, say, Russia and China, 
And then does the US as a geography become an easier target for these countries yes. to exert influence? It's, it, well, not just to exert influence, but to take over. Well, like to, to take, yes, to exert influence, to take over, yeah. to annex, whatever. Depends but then, on, then does it, the state. But then does it the become state. very similar uh, uh, as a war? Does it become- This actually is why I think that- Sorry, just let me finish. It, does it, does it as, as a war, does that then become very similar to like the US invading Vietnam in that they have all the guns and the weapons and the might and the military but the U.S. ends up having a guerrilla army that's hard to defeat. Ground war. I mean, if if the U.S. ever tried to go to war with its citizens, it would be a ground war. Mm. Yeah. So the idea that the U.S. would use nukes or you know whatever F twenty two Raptors on its citizenry is is stupid. It it would obviously be a ground war, a la Vietnam, and you know the people would win. Ground and air. Uh, not the people would win because. They understand the territory better. I, the same I, way the Vietnamese understood the territory better. I really enjoy that what the truckers are doing this week because I said, yeah. to, my, I said to my wife, um, I said this about probably eight months ago, I don't think that the United States will ever progress to full civil war because <laughs> I feel very prescient right now. But uh, I said because the truckers will just stop delivering to cities <laughs> and they'll, they'll realize that like, they are dependent on truckers. And so watching this happen in Ottawa, I was like, she, she looked at me. She ran out of the room when she found out. She goes, oh, my God. She said, Jen Seth, because that's what she calls me. Uh, she goes, Jen Seth. Uh, <laughs> she goes, I can't believe it. Like, you, you, you were right. And I was like, yeah. Like, once the truckers understand that they have all the power, I think that there's an inevitability to the fact that we don't balkanize. Well, there's, there's one potential flaw in that theory. It's Elon Musk and his automated trucks. Do you think Elon Musk it, it, it is on, doesn't, it, do, do you, it, hold on real quick. Do you think Elon Musk is on the side of the tyrannical government? Yeah, but like it doesn't have to be Elon Musk. I'm talking about I'm really talking about self driving trucks. We're still have the last we're going to be 50 we're going to be 50 years from that because no, you, have, you have the last no, you have the, no, 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 it's bullshit, very it's bullshit. very simple. You have the last mile issue which is that is trucking in general. The last mile is but trucking. But there's not just the last mile issue. The, the truckers themselves are in yeah. unions like the union will will guard against the progress of like that sort of progress. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, well, me too. I'm a, I'm a union fan. And I think I think that that is probably the biggest defender of uh, uh, like ba basically the, the biggest stopgap between the United States and falling into war. I think that there's going to be something that happens before that, such as the truckers stop delivering to cities for two days, and cities just kind of go like fuck. We are dependent on because that's right now what ha what has to happen and. It's very clear, like anyone who's listening who's a lefty is going to strongly disagree with this, but the left is in a, a giant, they're living in a delusion. And they believe that they are the majority. And they are in a very concentrated spot in the United States. The Clinton archipelago. They're not farming. The yeah. coastal elites. Yeah, they're not farming. They're, not, they're living in cities. Everyone surrounding them, all the all the areas surrounding them are red. What happens when the trucks stop bringing shit to your city? So, in terms that's of the, the U.S., that's the point. I've I followed part of what's happening in Ottawa, but like, what's what's the impact been on deliveries? Are they seeing issues now? Are they seeing? I haven't. I don't know yet. I'd want to know that. I, I think what? that I think that we might find that out in a week yeah. or two. Yeah, it's a, right now. It's mainly a headline political issue, and we don't know what's I, on the grounds happening in Ottawa. But I think what's happening is that. Uh, I mean, and not to meander too much on this convo, but like, I think what's happening is that the truckers in Canada are inspiring global movements right now. So like, yeah, the, there's I, a U.S. envoy on its way. I don't think that we're going to just watch Canada experience shorts. Right. I think that the whole world's trucking industry is about to be like, 
we want out of this thing. It's also like, I mean, you know, the coastal elites have been putting down the truckers for a long time, and that's what the whole learn to code thing was about, which was like, hey, miners. you, hey, you, miners, I think, right? Well, it's all the same, same thing, yeah. same thing. It's blue collar workers, and it's like, hey, you doofuses, why don't you go learn to code, right? And when the journalists started losing their jobs, the blue collar workers, the the quote unquote doofuses. We're telling the journalists, hey, why don't you go? Why don't you go fucking learn to code? And they were being banned off Twitter for the same uh-huh. for the yeah. same sentiment, right? And so they're basically telling them, like, you think you can do what I do? Go learn to drive. Go fucking do it. Go do it. Show show me. So these, do you see these as like the modern day revolution? I, I see these as sort of like non-violent revolution. I see these as the bulwark against balkanization. Like I think that the trucking industry is the the bulwark against the possibility that the United States falls into, like sees the worst of what could come from these incredibly divisive times we're living through. That's a good point. And I think, I think that what was necessary for my prediction to come true was that the truckers had to realize it. And that just happened. So I, I am of the official opinion now that the United States cannot fall into civil war because the truckers have figured out that they have all the power. <laughs> um, so does Bitcoin balkanize the United States? I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is because geographically, it would be a disaster uh, if California were left to its own devices there's, and there's given a, over to China. There's a Jordan Peterson you know, quote where he basically says, like, uh, you, know, you, you want to say that these, these men are the patriarchy or they're, they're misogynistic or whatever. And it's like they're doing impossible things. They're, they're under the roads, you know, repairing the roads. They're, they're up on the electrical grid, like repairing the electrical grid. Like they're, they're doing impossible things all day long for like faint praise. And like what happens if, you know, these men, these <laughs> truckers or, you know, the people who repair the electrical grid decide, hey, fuck you, I've had enough. I've had enough. I always thought it would be funny to write a play about like what happens if men decide to stop going to work. <laughs> <laughs> just like one day, the next day, like there's nuclear like fallout and everything else. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> the sewage system collapses, tru- bridges truly, go down. Your your privileged existence, where you get on your fucking smartphone and you you know tweet the hot take of the day, and you know you you lambast the latest political opinion. It's it's all predicated on somebody crawling down in the muck in the sewer and making sure that shit let, runs appropriately. Let me circle this back. Hold on. We need to get Bitcoin in these people's hands. And I know it's happening. Absolutely. In, it's yeah. happening in Absolutely. Canada because GoFundMe switched off the tap with the, what, five, sure seven million right. raised. And now there's now people raising Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Uh, we're interviewing the the guy in the trucker movement who, who switched the fund into Bitcoin. And we need to get Bitcoin in these people's hands. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Before we carry on with the interview, I do have a quick message from my show sponsors. This show is brought to you by Gemini, who I am now using exclusively for buying and selling Bitcoin. And you know what? We're coming up to a year and I've still not sold a single sat through Gemini. I am only buying Bitcoin. I am a hodler. That's all I'm doing. Now, I have been using the Gemini app for buying the dips, but I've also set up my DCA with twice monthly buys of Bitcoin, and I'm yet to see a better or easier interface for buying Bitcoin. With a streamlined trading view, you have access to all the tools you need to understand Bitcoin and start investing, all through one clear, attractive interface. And Gemini are running a special offer for listeners of what Bitcoin did, all you need to do is head over to Gemini.com forward slash WBD and new customers will get $20 in Bitcoin when they trade $100 or more on Gemini. Now, if you want to find out more, please do head over to Gemini.com forward slash WBD. That is G-E-M-I-N-I dot com forward slash WBD. 
Next up, we have my new sponsor to the show, which is Level, a company finally delivering on the promise of a Bitcoin bank. Yes, a bank on your phone where you can deposit, spend and hold Bitcoin. And you can also do this alongside a traditional dollar checking account. You can deposit your payroll into your account as a US user, and you can even spend your Bitcoin from your account via your MasterCard debit card. I have been testing it out. I've been playing with the app, and it is everything I've ever wanted from personal banking. And there's so many more updates coming. They've got some big updates coming in February, so keep an eye out for that. Now, if you do want to find out more, if you want to go and check it out, please head over to Level, which is LVL.co, or search for Level, which is LVL, in the Google or Apple app stores. Also, we have sportsbet.io, the very best place for online gaming because they're badasses and they accept Bitcoin. Now we are well into the football season and you know what? Things are going all right. It's been a pretty good season so far for Liverpool. Tottenham struggling as ever. We always like it that way. Now, if you are interested in football, if you do want to make a bet and if you want to use your Bitcoin, then sportsbet.io is the place to go. But they don't just cover football. They also cover tennis, motorsports, US sports. They even cover esports. And for new customers, they always have a range of promotions available. So if you want to find out more, please head over to sportsbet.io forward slash promotions, which is S-P-O-R-T-S-B-E-T dot I-O forward slash promotions. Next up is Compass Mining. And Compass aren't just a sponsor. I'm a customer of theirs, and I am mining Bitcoin with them. Do you know what? I've been mining for over three months with them now. I've mined about 0.4 Bitcoin, which is pretty cool. I'm going to try and do updates on this every month. But with the price of where Bitcoin is, I'm approaching having, I think, about a third of my mining equipment paid off. I love that I'm mining again because Compass has made it accessible to anyone as a Bitcoiner to get out there and start mining and contribute to the decentralized growth of the hash rate. It was so easy to get onboarded and anyone can do it. You just pick your machines, choose your hosting facility and Compass does everything else for you. Now, if you want to find out more, if you want to start mining, please head over to compassmining.io, which is C-O-M-P-A-S-S-M-I-N-I-N-G.io. I think it's great. Let me let me well, circle it back to the they metaverse stuff. Own, they should have their own labor held in their hands. That's that's the point. Yeah. yeah. Let, let me circle it back to the metaverse stuff. Like, I, I think I think that this actually does strongly relate because what it shows is that the world as a whole is real. We live in we live in like meat space. We don't live in a fake reality that's designed for us by Mark Zuckerberg. And the consequences of the real world are significant. Like when you talk about balkanization or whatever the case is, the actual like, the actual uh, side effects, the consequences are, are not going to happen in a metaverse. They're going to happen here, right, in real life. And it does scare me a little bit to think of like a, gener a nihilistic generation being introduced to the conception that they wake up every morning and put on a computer hat and that that is uh, that is the way that you live your life. That is the way that you become a man or a woman or a transgender man or transgender woman. Uh, that, you become, that you become your full person in this digitized meat space. And that is like anybody who, who doesn't go in there is a rube who, who, who's like living in a Model T. Well, it's the, you can take it back to proof of work, right? Yeah. If you can, you know, it's for most people, not everyone, for most people in the world to make it, they have to work hard. You want, whether, an anchor, you want an anchor in the real world, like yeah. proof of work, yes. Whether Most it's, people <laughs> got to make the Matrix 1 instead of the Matrix I, I think that's. I think that's an obscure point that, yeah. that's going to be lost, Peter. Like, but let, no, but let, let me come back to that. Let, yeah. let me be very clear. You know, it's a trucker who's however many hours on the road away from their family, working hard and come back yes. to them. It's uh, 
it's a, I don't know, it's a, the guy out in the morning laying the road. It's the guy who wants to be your surf champion who gets up every morning at 6 a.m. and goes out and r- rides the waves. It's a, fuck, it's a podcaster traveling the world and away from his kids. And try, like everybody outside of a few lucky people have to really work. But if you can go into this space and suddenly you don't have to work to be, you want to be that champion surfer, you can jump you, on you've it. Done, you've done a bunch of podcasts right now. Yeah. You've done a bunch. What's the difference between meeting someone online versus someone in real life? Me and Danny were talking about this yesterday. Firstly, we, we spend a lot of money to put on this show because Danny flies in from Australia. Doesn't I fly look from like the UK. it. Uh, 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 Jeremy flies in. Anyway, keep we, going. we fly our guests in, we buy the equipment, we set it up, we get a nice, like we spend money on this to put on a good production. We could save all that money and I can go on Zoom and I can do the exact, not the exact, that's the point. I can record a show, it will get published and the ads will sell, right? But we do it like this because the quality is infinitely better. And, and you can know that if you've done a podcast, and that's the thing. Like, people don't understand. There's a, there's a giant problem with, like, lag times. There's a, you know, like, mm-hmm. the conversation doesn't flow as well. There's all sorts of things that happen that, that you can't solve. These are theoretically, physically impossible to solve, right? Um, there's this great show, Avenue 5. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on HBO Max, and there's this, it's uh, about a tour ship that goes off like a cruise ship into space, right? And they make this great, this, they have this great bit where uh, they're meeting, they're saying hello to these kids on Earth who are like at the, at the main area where they launch them. And uh, on the ship, they go, hello, right? And everyone in the ship's excited. And then like 45 seconds later, they get the message at, at, you know, back, uh, back at headquarters. And you know, every time she asks a question, it's like a minute and a half to go back and forth. I mean, these are these are physics issues. You can't solve those. And so I mean, that's that's one of many that crops up in like a fake world. It trains your mind. It trains your body. It trains everything about you to behave differently. And so, like, I think that like the idea that people are going to start spending a lot of time online rather than in meat space, it becomes a giant problem. You have an entire group of people that are going to be basically developing in a world of conversation, developing in a world of relationships that are not in, uh, that are not rooted in real life. Well, the, the, we, we already have those people. They're called Gen Z. Yeah, we, but, we but can this, pre- is, this is the second iteration. A real conversation has to be happening around the consequences because we didn't know the consequences of social media when it first came. Now we understand the, the consequences of social media. I have a daughter. Do we, though? Well, yes, but we know a lot of them. Some of them. But what I'm saying is when first Facebook first arrived and we were chucking sheep at each other, it was all fun. We didn't know what was coming. And now we're in a place where young girls who use Instagram are, you know, there's a percentage percentage chance. And I'm living this with a daughter who's not allowed on Instagram. She doesn't know why. She is allowed TikTok. But there are issues we have to deal with, conversations that we have to have. And there's that peer pressure that she needs to be on it because her friends are on it. When the metaverse comes on and the kids are going, it's like you say you can't go in there. But all my friends, okay, we'll let you go in there. We don't fully we, know the consequences we ran, of that. We ran the experiment already, right? We did... Um, not we did, fully. We did Second Life. We yeah, know how this goes. No, like, it, it, it absolutely was. It's not it a was, scale. It, it was it, it was pretty scaled back when it started. There was a lot of people on it. Go look at it, it, we're gonna was on we're gonna see all of the exact same news articles come out. <laughs> exact same news articles come out about about this. 
uh, when Second Life came out, it was, there's a college student who's making $100,000 a year making swords in Second Life. There's mm -hmm. a college student who's selling land in Second Life for $100,000. And, you know, um, there were these stories in Second Life of, like, people going and doing this stuff. It's going to be the same thing in the metaverse. You're going to have more people now jump in. And it's going to last two or three years. It's going to revert to sex and gambling. And then it's going to become a thing of the past. And people are going to talk about, like, remember when we were in the metaverse and how cool that was? <laughs> and then, and then we're going to have to wait so another generation. Sure. And that next generation is going to do the same fucking thing. I'm not so sure. And I'll tell you why I'm not so sure. Because like you, I've got an Oculus. And I use it for certain things. Like the Masturbating boxing. mostly, right? No. That's what I use it for. Have you done the porn? VR porn, though? Have you, have you done, done the porn on it? No, oh, I've seen it That's once. Amazing. That's no. fucking lies. No, no, no. You I've definitely seen, did no, it. No, no, I've seen it what once. What was his name? <laughs> what was his name? Yeah, I've, what was his name? I've seen it once. I'm in the metaverse right now. But, but my Oculus is used by my kids, and there is no way I'm going to be watching porn in the Oculus. Listen, with my I've kids totally done VR but, porn. But, I'll admit it. I'll admit it. But, it's weird. It feels like the girl loves you. It's wow. very strange. Um, you know? John's is doing it right now. The point Look I'm going to get to... Look at him. Look at him. He's doing it. The point I'm trying to get to, there's like the boxing game. You've played the boxing yes, game? Yes. Okay, so the boxing game for me, I fucking love it. I get in there and I feel like I'm in a boxing ring and, and it's a good workout and it's real and it's cool. And things like that are only going to grow and I'm going to want to keep using them. There's no, I, I don't see a scenario where I get bored of that. And I think for kids, there's going it's to be not, even better not, experiences. Yeah, it's if, if, it's if not you, sticky though. Is it sticky for you? Like, do you feel like I, I want it? Like, I have an Oculus. I have a couple of them. I have the, the one Jens is wearing. I have the, the newer one or whatever. I've, I've got the uh, original. Yeah. The, and is it, is, it, is it sticky to you? Because it's not yeah. sticky to me. I don't want to put it on all the time. Yeah, but not often. It's like once or twice a week. But I like not it. Not even that for me. It's like okay, but, occasionally. But, but with kids, they go on fucking Roblox and they can Robux or whatever it is. And they sit on there all day and buying their giraffe animal to ride around. Ooh. You put them in here and they're with their friends and they're going on roller coasters and whatever they're doing I sound like an old person it'll, it'll be so do. much cheaper what, they're going on roller coasters, coasters in the metaverse you know what, mate? What, hey, the thing. what we don't know they go to their virtual arcades what we don't know are the, the unintended consequences of this like the impact does it right. th is the real right. world when they come out so shit and depressing like like they hate the Dude, real world they're already it, I, I think it's actually worse it's, it's not about whether the world is depressing and sad and boring it's it's about uh, the dump of adrenaline you get when you're playing these things that are designed around rewards. And I think that is probably like what is preventing... The dopamine, yeah. Yeah, these, these kids are going into places that are literally designed as like reward engines. And then they enter the real world and the real world is not designed like that unless you build your own version of it. Right. Like you're, you've done this, Peter. You've, you're building that. Like the more podcasts you do, the more money you make, the more uh, interesting people you get, the more interesting you are, the more money you make. Um, you know, these things, you've, dis, you de, you've designed hard. your world hard, such that there's yeah. a reward mechanism for your behavior. Yeah, but like I could massively exploit that further. I could, Absolutely. I could, I could have but launched. But the point isn't whether you could exploit it further. The point is that like the kids are going to be put into a world where there is just that reward mechanism. And then they're going to have to live in the real world where that reward mechanism is literally self-created. Most people, most people are nobodies. And that's the sort of cross they bear is that they don't exist. I'm going to yeah. be Joel Austin in the metaverse. <laughs> and so they look at, you know, somebody who, who does exist, like yourself, you know, somebody with hundreds of thousands of Twitter followers, and they, and they think that is what I should aspire to be. And they seek to become you, and then they become you, and they, they realize it wasn't 
all that it's cracked up to be or whatever. But no, no one wants to be. Peter. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, it's stupid to have a hundred thousand Twitter followers. It, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, it's dumb. Doesn't confer value to your life. But if you're if you're a nobody and nobody knows you exist, you think to yourself, well, that would be great. That would be highly desirable. Like I should do well, there, that. There, there is a weird. Right. There is a weird cultural. I was saying this earlier. It's very easy now to be famous. It's very easy. To it's be, extremely. Easy. It's extremely easy to be rich. Yeah. It's very difficult to be rich because you're famous, and it's very difficult to be famous because you're rich. Yes. That's a brilliant quote. Thank you. Um, we're very close to Calabasas where the Kardashians and, are. And we're in, a, yeah. we're in a world now where everyone is striving for fame. They're mm -hmm. not striving for rich riches. And there they used to be a great satisfaction in Well, being, no, they are striving for both. The crypto they, people are, str are no, striving want, for riches. They want sometimes, clout, but they want like, clout more than they want riches. I agree with you. Cloud, cloud is becoming the, the currency, currency that people want to trade in. Yeah. And yeah. it's not even tradable. It's more they just want the clout. And so, like, I, I find that to be highly problematic that the world is being built by people who have not figured out yet that, like, it is very difficult to achieve wealth from fame. They want to be famous for the purpose of being famous. And then when they get to a certain age, let's say they've obtained that fame, they don't know what to do because now they have to do the other thing, which is to be rich. And they've probably sacrificed a lot to become famous. They probably have a lot of things on the internet. They've probably done things that like, are going to make them a little bit harder to hire, whatever, whatever the hell it is. Mm -hmm. And they now have to go make money. And like, they've been given the fame because it was easy. And now they want to be given the money. And because they're famous. And that's just not how it works. No. And it's, it's an entire generation of people who have given up like the des their childhoods, essentially, wherein they were just quietly playing soccer in the streets or like a hockey in the streets on their rollerblades. And now they spend all of their time trying to, like, I don't know, do uh, box openings for new products that they buy on YouTube. Or they're, NFT launch. They're adults at, they're adults at yeah. eight. They're doing, like, adult things. And that's a really dangerous, I think, a dangerous place for kids to go because they don't like, they don't have interests, they don't develop interests, and what's what's occurred is they've turned into nihilistic pricks, mm. and like that's that for me is, is sort of my biggest fear of this metaverse stuff is that like we're taking a lost generation and just like putting them into a place where they're just going to be more lost. So I agree with Jenseth entirely, and I, I think that the the biggest problem facing the younger generation and in my generation, I'm a millennial. I'm like smack dab in the middle of uh, a millennialism or whatever. And I think from my generation on down, the problem is that's facing us is pervasive nihilism because we have no hope for our future. And when you have no hope for your future, you just, you won't build on a base of rational optimism. What you're going to do instead is YOLO. You try to escape this reality. Exactly. Is what you're you're going to YOLO into a trade on a fucking NFT, which is, you know, a, a, a concept of digital art that you don't understand that you can sell to the next person who also doesn't understand it. It's a game of hot potato. And you're going to YOLO in on that to try and make a couple million dollars so you can have your fucking so, so you, house in Malibu or so you your see Lamborghini this, or whatever it is. You see this with like an Andreessen Horowitz. What am I looking at? the whiskey over. Say it again? The whiskey. Oh, you want it? Yeah. Oh, he doesn't want me to have more. No, I don't want him to have more. You, you see, Andreessen Horowitz sees this and realizes that he can make a bunch of money yes. by investing in basically the escape. Mark Andreessen, we're talking about here. Yo, I, yeah, I downloaded. Uh, I downloaded. I'm brought by him. I, I'm, I, I was too, but then I got kicked off Twitter entirely. I downloaded a couple of podcasts to listen to by A16Z on the way over here. I should. Do they speed? The do they speed the podcast up themselves? Because they seem to speak quick. They might just speak quick. 
So mm-hmm. here's one. NFTs Explained by Andreessen Horowitz. Another one is uh, play to earn gaming and how it works, evolving the, in Web the, three. The VCs, the VCs are the problem here because like they have, they have security received, and the new Web. They have received mindset. zero consequences for the stuff that they've perpetuated. NFT use cases like, today and tomorrow. The ICO, the ICO uh, years were filled with scams that we knew were scams. People going public. With mm-hmm. essentially public, with with offerings that were just bullshit. Well, it was um, Jill. I mean, she's married now, so her name's changed. But Jill, uh, Jill, what's her name? Jill. I want to say, yeah, I want to say Jill Carter. Uh, she, one of my earliest interviews, she said the problem with ICOs is they get to raise their seed round and do their IPO at the same time without having proven product market Correct. fit. So people get rich without, and, and, and by the way, again, Anderson, no proof of work. The, 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 the declination of the American economy, I have always marked as, it starts at the moment Netscape went public without profits. That was when everything went fucked. Because before that, companies only went public when they had a proof of like revenue stream, proof of like essentially a way to generate money. And then Net, Netscape broke that whole model. And now we have, modern day IPOs, which are like all pre-revenue, all of them. And to me, like this is just an iteration of the model that the horror at Andreessen Horowitz did back in the nineties with Netscape. And it, it, they've gotten, they've, they have zero consequences. And the best example, I mean, like I, I saw this, I, I'd never realized what a VC firm did until Circle. And you weren't here when Circle happened. I, I doubt it. No, I was was here. anyone here? Were with you Jeremy here? Lair. Yeah. Were you here when it started? Yeah, I was. Do you remember Reddit? In fact, I bought Bitcoin on Circle, and I wrote in the notes section, "Fuck you, Mike Hearn." It was when uh-huh. the hernia happened. Do you yeah. remember? Do you remember the first day or what happened in the lead up to Circle? Um, no. What are you alluding? To? Circle. Circle was the most hyped company that has oh, ever yeah, yeah, that has ever happened in Bitcoin. Yeah, they were just an exchange. But in the lead up to Circle, like there was this opinion, this pervasive opinion amongst all thirty-seven Bitcoiners that. Everything was about to change. Circle was going to be the most innovative company ever. Yep. And it was, it, was a, it was a message that was being touted on Reddit. And if you went on and said anything negative about it, there was like an army of people that would come on and tell you that you don't know what you're talking about, you're wrong. And it was the first time that I had ever seen, like realized that I was in the middle of a propaganda campaign yeah. by a venture capital company. Yeah. And this is what I've seen now for many years is that these venture capital companies even a very good don't... One. Give a shit. And now we have Katie Horn raising 900 million for a Web3 fund. We have Chris Dixon. I mean, the really strange thing about Chris Listen, Dixon. I don't want to disparage Chris Dixon, but Chris Dixon. Hold on. Shh. Nah, uh, let uh, me finish here yeah, because I just want to finish yeah, speaking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Chris Dixon, the, the thing that I find so interesting about his thing is not just that he's spinning the Web3 narrative, which I fundamentally disagree with, and I, he won't discuss on the podcast. He just. He replied, then he won't. But the biggest thing is he's now shitting on all their companies they invested in because now they want to move to what they're calling this decentralized future, Web3. They've redefined what Web3 was predicted to be in. You and I know that they don't want to move to that. They just see it's, an opportunity of money making. Well, and it's, yeah. it's narrative building. They're able to build narratives, right? Like, but that's a Web three narrative, the metaverse narrative. Like, this is the thing. Like, Facebook changes Chris its Nixon, name Chris to Nixon Meta. Used to be one of us, by the way. He used to be yeah. one of us. But the, the Facebook so changed its name. Yes. Yeah. yeah so, so, well, so did Balaji. Chamath was never one of us. Balaji's still one of us. <laughs> well, Balaji was never one of us. Balaji's one of us. No, he's not. I would defend Balaji. I, I will. Balaji went around and he he showed a 
basically a PowerPoint to people to earn money for a fund that basically was per, like cut, doing yeah. perpetual motion. And he's living on the lie that 21 was a profitable company. Or Earn.com was a profitable company, which it was not, obviously. Right. You know, it's, no, it's, no, not every company. Like, people have ideas that don't work and they don't work out. Balaji, yeah, but not a lot of people get a $100 million but, exit. But Balaji has, also, but yeah. Balaji has also had successes. Actual. Uh, no, he has not. Yes, he has. No, he, he, has sold, he has. No, he has not. Earn.com was a fucking failure. And everybody I, knows I don't it. believe it anymore, though, Peter, because like Earn.com was so transparently, a failure. transparently a yeah. failure that was bought for $50 million. Everybody dollars knows or whatever it. by okay. Coinbase. It. it was obvious. so transparently yeah. just like money changing hands from the let's, left to let's the right. Not huff the that farts. I don't I don't yeah. believe that any of his other exits let's, were legitimate. Let's not, let's not huff the farts at the But it, it doesn't it doesn't you know matter. I mean? Like it doesn't really it, matter. It, it doesn't matter. The uh, uh, no, shush, man. no no well, I'm just saying we're talking we're talking, talking you know over that. we're talking over each other. That's the only thing I'm trying to stop happening. I will defend Balaji because I think he's I think he's a person with good no 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 it's not because I want him back on my show. No, I, he, I'll have him on his show. You Johnson don't have to defend him. We think what he did was kind of. Eh, I, I will. Cr I, I will criticize Chris Dixon heavily, and I want him on my show. Chris Dixon and Elijah are the same. I, will, I, I, I wouldn't accuse. Person. I wouldn't accuse Peter of, of that. I, 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 I just think we just disagree. I will. Incentives are incentives. I will. You know I, mean? I will criticize Bukele, and I badly want interview three in, but I will criticize him at risk of getting that. So that, that's a that's a false accusation. I like talking to Balaji because I think he is somebody who has a number of interesting ideas. Uh, my only one interest, uh, uh, my only one criticism of Balaji is I don't think he always knows which are the best ideas, and I think that's why he was good in A16Z because he was an idea machine and they knew which ones to run with. And I, I you know, I'd, I'd say that to him. I don't think he would take that as a massive criticism. And I like his ideas. I, mean, I like I the way he thinks around the world. Personal conversation with him. So I mean, the fact that you've had more, I'll, I'll you know. Well, he made a massive effort. Defer in some during, yeah. during COVID, he made a massive effort to try and navigate through all the misinformation. Say this is the reality of what's happening. So I, I like the guy. I, I just disagree with him on all coins. Well, Balaji's entire thesis of uh, voice versus exit, I think is bullshit. I think it was a terrible narrative. You know what I mean? Like I don't know the the narrative. Uh, it was from back in the day. Johnson knows it. it. I mean, it was around the Twenty One and Co. You know, I, I just thought. I mean, my, my personal belief is that Twenty One Co. is such such a gibberish, yeah. such a, an insane project that was obvious. I mean, like I had a toast back then talking about. A toast, a post. Anyway, a toast, a post back then talking about like the idea of having your toaster mine mm -hmm. and uh, just just mm -hmm. calling it out for what it was. And it was I, just obviously ridiculous. And then I had a you know personal beef with them because what happened is a bunch of people went on to earn.com and uh, posted as me. And then they started banning Junseth from earn.com. <laughs> and then earn.com, which was supposed to be a private platform where you like encourage people to email you. They then published on their Twitter all of the emails that had been supposedly me. <laughs> but, <laughs> listen, but, uh, I, I didn't start this trying to shit talk blogs. But, but, but what the, I was trying the, to do is lay bare the incentives. The, the overall point is that Earn, was, Earn, Earn was a failure. If, yeah. I'll, I'll okay. defer to you on the rest of them. So on a, uh, the thing about Earn.com, Earn yes, it was a failure. Yes, it appears that it was a hundred million dollar failure. It was a buyout to protect an investment by yes. A16Z. I think that's mm -hmm. pretty transparent and obvious. At the same time, there was actually something really interesting in Earn, and it's just, there wasn't. It, let me just let me just finish. There was a very interesting thing. I in used it. it. Did you ever use it? Yeah, I did. Okay. So what do you think that was interesting about that? Well, as somebody who gets Danny, how many emails a day did we get? Thirty. Thirty. So people being able bear, to bear email with me. You we get money. we get we, we get maybe yeah. 30, 40 emails a day. Then you go into LinkedIn, and I probably get fifty messages a day. The LinkedIn ones don't get read because it's a waste of time. Uh, and the, the most of the email ones I don't even look at anymore. Danny looks at them because it's just too much processing power. 
But if, if it's a bit like what um, Adam Back designed with proof of work is that you could get rid of spam by making people pay. Making people pay to contact people to get a lot of emails, there's a lot of sense to that. I withdrew Bitcoin from earn.com because I made people pay to contact me on that. That is a good idea. It didn't, it wasn't successful, but there's something within that I, idea. I let me finish, I, let me finish, it, it, let me finish. And that's a different from criticize, you can criticize that and say, look, it failed, but it was, it was, there's, there was something in that idea. Correct. But, but, but it's a different criticism for 21 and co because that fundamentally maybe couldn't have ever worked. And they're two different things. Earn, earn is a good idea at $1 million. Mm. The reason it's a failure is because it's not a $60 million idea, right? That's very obvious. Yes. I also, I once messaged Balaji himself personally on her and I said, you know, what's your personal percentage allocation to Bitcoin? I just would like to know. And he goes, I don't disclose that. But he still took my $20 that it cost me to email him. You know what I mean? I well, mean, he doesn't disclose that. That's the piece, rules of the game. What a piece of shit that guy is. That's like, the rules of the ridiculous. game. Like, well, yeah, but you would actually take the $20? Yeah, you You're not going to answer the email, but you still took the $20 he, he from me? He answered the email. It's he did answer the email. He answered the email. It's it's so ridiculous. he did the he did the work that Fucking you paid ridiculous. for. So, but I will defend him because uh, and I. The I'll, other, I'll accept that. I'll the other, accept the other that. reason no, I'll, no, no, that's ridiculous. You know it. You both know. It. The other reason I'll defend him is I talk to Balaji a lot. Uh, I talk to him weekly, and there are probably at least once a month we'll have a phone call, and I'll tell him about ideas I've got or things I'm working on. He always gives up his time as a busy person, and he's given me good advice. So I will defend him. I can't discuss or just defend twenty one because I don't know enough about it. it from what I've heard... It was a shit show. From what I've heard, it was yeah. it was a poor idea that could never have worked. Earn.com for me was a good idea. I used it, that just not work. enough other people I, used it. I agree it. with you on Earn.com. Yeah. Earn.com is a great idea. No a million dollar valuation. No it's not a great idea yeah. at 60 or 100. And that, you know, that to me was was the big thing. But how do we vanity, get off on this tangent? Like, this is... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but these rabbit holes are interesting. <laughs> they're, they're always funny. They're, they're very interesting. I don't, oh, no, I don't want to shit talk. Venture capital. Yeah, generally. I don't want to shit talk Blasi, like, but I do want to shit talk A16Z. Like, well, Chris Dixon, I want. I think Chris Dixon's a stooge. The venture capital the venture capital in the space has been responsible for huge amounts of the growth of Ethereum, number one. Yes. And number two, the growth of absolute... Bullshit. Because they couldn't, the they can't grow, they can't grow their their investment. Yeah. yeah, it's quickly. They, they've never had such an they've never had such a good opportunity for quick exits. It's never existed. De short. Here's the phrase they use: short time to liquidity. That's the phrase they use. Yeah. That's the phrase that means we are going to dump on top of retail investors, and we didn't give up. Fuck who feels what kind of way about it. Yeah. And That's I, what it means. That's what that phrase and, means. And to your earlier question, Peter, about whether this space should be regulated, I, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I want to see stopped. Me that's too. the kind of stuff that really bothers me. Well, I don't too. like it. Uh, me too. Carl Salami at Multicoin Capital. Yeah. Is it Multicoin Capital? Now, they, I, I've interviewed him twice. Uh, once in person. I'm pretty sure it was in the A16Z office. So I think they learn about this from Multicoin and seeing how well Multicoin have performed. Because, yes, Multicoin had that very good, like, I think it was a Litecoin short at one point. Uh, but they've had some very successful investments. And what Somebody told me their investment in Solano is the most successful VC investment ever. I think it's pronounced Salernos. But Solano, no, Solano and Ethernet. Salerno, yeah. Solano. And Salami? Ethernet, yeah. Carl Salami. Carl Salami, <laughs> Ethernet, Salernos. Continue. Yeah, uh, and I think I think because it also feels like in the tech world, it's like 
it feels like there's not as many opportunities available. There's a lot of a no, lot of funds they yeah, are fight saturated. that are fighting over investments well, to you, get. You have to realize me, there's a lot of funds fighting over investments to get into. I yes. know that because I've had funds reach out to me and say, "Hey, Pete, uh, can Give you us get money. can you no no can you get us into deals? And if so, um, you'll get a percentage, yeah. which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I think that I'm not doing it yet, but but that's fine. But I know there's a fight to get onto deals. I also feel like. The majority of things on the internet that are going to be invented have been invented. There is a slowdown now in new, oppor- in, in new opportunities. But crypto is this thing where you yes. get the up curve. But the up curve accelerates so much more because you can get on Solano at like 0.02 of a cent and then, you, then it runs up to $200. I think the thing that people, I mean, like, look, we live in a world where Dogecoin's worth more than Starbucks, or at least was, right? That's ridiculous. That's crazy. But it isn't worth more than Starbucks. It, not now. It was, but for it was a for a while. But 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 anyone with half a brain knows that but it's not. You're comparing apples with tractors. I, I, I would have agreed still, with you until still. I hear people like Tim Pool talking about how like Dogecoin to the moon, right? Like like very p- people that I would generally think of as rational telling me that Dogecoin is money and Bitcoin is store Every, value, something like that. Like just idiots. I, I you know I watched this for months as people were telling me this, yeah. and I could have refuted them and they would have rejected my refutations. But like, I think that like when if this gets regulated away, if the the not crypto or blockchain, but if the bad acting VC bullshit gets regulated away, that's the end of things like Ethereum. That's the end of the NFT space. That's the end of a lot of these like the the, the cyclical pumps. That I mean, we have. It, it will pop up in a different way. Yeah, but it won't be as big. It will be good because for Bitcoin. the narrative will be gone. And it will be good for Bitcoin. There will be a the narrative narr- builders there will be, will, be a new will have. Well, the narrative will be built organically rather than by like a venture capital company which sits down and storyboards it. I don't. And I don't. I, I don't believe that. I think that everything, every narrative that exists in the world exists because a large entity promoted it. That's what I feel. Which large entity promoted Bitcoin? Well. We, we, we developed promoted, all we, of the narratives. We promoted in Bitcoin. Bitcoin as large the, as entity. The, we promoted Bitcoin as the intransigent minority. <laughs> it was the NSA, bro. Uh, no, I mean, listen. But we, that's the nature of decentralized systems. Pirate Bay. There's only Kazoo, one Napster. fucking decentralized system. It's Bitcoin. Everything well, else is tor- a lot. Torrents are pretty decentralized. Torrent, BitTorrent. Pirate Bay sure. is pretty decentralized now. It's not. It's centralized. It's centralized over whack-a-mole. Here's the, here's the thing. Is like there's one, there's one use case that we found for decentralization. It's Bitcoin. Two. The idea that... File sharing. File sharing. That's fine. Bitcoin is a version of file sharing. The, 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 the idea that we are going to decentralize all the things is fucking no, that, stupid. No, that is, that is true. It's fucking Huddle, Huddle, that is true. I think, that, I think that there has come a narrative as a result of Bitcoin that is beneficial for the VCs, which is that decentralization is a good in itself. And that's not true. true. Yeah, no, that's fake. Well, and this is why when you go on Clubhouse every day trying to educate people, which I commend you for, and it's it, it, like trying to save the lemmings from going over the cliff, I at the same time feel like Chris Dixon needs challenging a lot more. But you go into his comments and there, there'll be a handful of Bitcoiners saying, stop talking bullshit. And there's a lot of people go, yeah, woohoo, supporting this. And, and he's pushing that hard. And Chamath now. And, and do you know what was a real eye-opener? Is that podcast that Chamath does with those other guys where all in the Uyghur yeah. stuff I, f- I, th- I think it's <laughs> the, the most pod. embarrassing arrogant podcast out there the oh, shit they is strange. vulgar and yeah. gross and disgusting yeah. but all these people have been corrupted 
and now they're having an, now they're having this huge influence over where the these, web goes. These guys were literally uh, laughing about dumping, dumping. Solana. Yeah. Solana. I, I disagree. They, they don't have a lot of influence in where the web goes. They have a lot of influence because they have money, and they have it generally in society. But like. Where the web goes is pretty organic. Okay, yeah, it is. But okay, they, they have a lot of influence over trying to define it's par, it's where it's going. Organic. They're trying What's, to redefine. So for me, because I used to have a web design agency. Yeah. Okay, what, you said web one was running your server. Me, web one was static websites. And then web two was when websites became interactive. You had, you as you would type in. I you thought had web a, two had mostly to do with like bubble logos. But yeah, but as you would type <laughs> in. Web, web two is more about you being. Uh, you're the product. Yeah, but but you would type into a search results and it predictive search. It was more. It was Ajax. It was more, and 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 Web three was meant to be about the semantic web and the linking of data. Correct. But now Web three has been redefined as the decentralized web yeah. with a bunch of products that aren't fucking decentralized. Which is correct. Fake. It's fake. The whole yeah. thing is fake. It's but like so. But he know, is trying to redefine what you're, Web you're three is and pushing it in a direction you're, which is fundamentally bad for the we, users. We've heard we've heard the Web three narrative though since like 2015 from the Ether heads, uh, the, the, yeah. meth, the meth heads. Ethernet. Um, and it's never been true. Well, it's not only never been true. It's it's always been this like they've tried they've tried to make fetch a thing. You know. Um, <laughs> Web you can't three, sit with us. You can't sit with us. Yeah, they, they've tried to make fetch a thing, and that's that to me is like really, really interesting that they've 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 pushed the narrative and they've changed it until like now I hear people promoting this in places like Clubhouse or other places where they're like talking about Web 3.0, and they're literally just repeating. They're they're full on repeating narratives given to them by Andreessen Horowitz or any of these big web or these big uh, investment firms. They're just repeating narratives. It's very uninteresting to me, and. I'm I'm kind of like if if a person knew they were just repeating a narrative, what would they think of themselves? Because usually they tend to believe I think that they're coming up with unique thoughts. And you I don't, don't think, understand. Yeah, you're I, I'm, a boomer. I'm a boomer. Um, essentially, they give me my own argument, which is the uh, is uh, the meme, right? The uh, the I just heard about Bitcoin and I'm here to fix it. They give me back that, but in like the Ethereum way. Well, you dealt with this all on Bitcoin Uncensored. Yeah. Constantly, he invented that meme. <laughs> you can go back to, I mean, the the one that always kills me is the one with Perry and Boren. Yeah, where you completely destroyed. If anyone says to me about voting on the blockchain, I'm like, I've got a podcast for you. Go and listen Yo. to this. So you were you you've been dealing with bullshit longer than most people. That's still a mainstream narrative, by the way. The voting. I know. I know. All of these are. They come back every time. It's the yeah. same narratives. Nothing changes in Bitcoin. What happens is you come here, you you are told things, you believe it, you don't know how to parse truth because it's a tech you don't understand, yeah. and you just accept them. And I mean, I did the same thing when I got here. Like I remember at Bitcoin, um, Bitcoin BTC, whatever it was, uh, Mo Levin's conference in Miami, the first in 2013 when Ethereum was announced. That was the same conference that BitShares was announced, and Chris and I walked away from the BitShares uh, the BitShares party which was in the lobby, and it was just hot girls and dumpy butt Larimer in the lobby, <laughs> uh, basically talking about how BitShares was like a bank. And we walked away from there. I remember, I remember Dan Larimer would stand there and talk to people, and he would have a crowd of 30 people surrounding him, and he would be talking. He's a tall guy. Um, and just talking. And I would listen to it, and I'm like, that is, like, I don't know what he's saying. I don't understand it. 
I didn't understand it at but the time. But it sounds amazing. But it didn't sound amazing to me. It was just like complex. Yeah. And, and people are drawn. Complexity theater. People, people are drawn to those who speak in words that sound coherent that they don't understand. It is, it, it is the basis of religious thinking in some ways. And I saw that. Like, there were 30, 40 people surrounding him. And I mean, like, that's, you want to know what's going to pump next? Just go to a conference and look for that guy. Dude, I was at Art Basel in Miami, <laughs> desperately avoiding the NFT space, and then ended up being invited to, I think it was a Coinbase party. I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll go. Might see some friends. I literally saw one dude I know, and it was just full of kids and, like, skateboarders. I think Gary V was there. Like, all these people partying away. And I was like, I was, I was lost. I was lost in this, this moment well, going, credi- fuck. What? You don't have any credibility. I, well, no, there. but you, I was You have no credibility because you're not a, you're not a, uh, you're, you're not Gary V. You're no, not but a- I can't do anything in this room. I can't convince these people they're wrong and I can't add to the conversation. So I just left and I was like, fuck, what's happening with this shit? There's, there's nothing interesting going on right now in Bitcoin. I mean, late, there is in Bitcoin. Lightning Network is very interesting. I, do you run a node? A lightning node? Yeah. I've got, uh, yes, but I don't really use it. I've got the Umbral node, so let I've me, got let lightning. Let me know. We'll, we'll connect. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll connect a channel to you, and you can play with it. I have a routing node uh, now. It does very well. Um, I've been playing with it and trying it. And, you know, I make like $4 a day. <laughs> doing very well. That could, that could be $40 a day. That's, that's right. But, I, like, I'm learning, I'm learning about what's going on in Bitcoin. And, like, the stuff that's going on in Bitcoin is incredible. It's yeah. really like amazing development that's just kind of happening slowly under the radar. High-level engineering. Yeah, which is it. And and these other chains, these yeah. other chains are like the fun chains, and people are going and having fun on them. But this, like, I'm kind of baffled by where we are because when it's we started confusing. this, it was the meat space of geeks and idiots and re- and social rejects, uh, the men who couldn't the rebels, women, the rebels, uh, the crypto punks, just awkward. Awkward men and transgendered women, to be honest. That's really what it was. People have always felt kind of different, kind of isolated, didn't probably play in people the sports team. People who like pee in bottles and stack them in their rooms. Like, these are the kinds of I people... I mean, I never did that. I mean, you didn't, but, you know, you haven't been to my house. Um, my wife had to stop me. <laughs> uh, but, the, you know, this is the kind of people that were here in early Bitcoin. And, and to watch, like, crypto become cool has been interesting from the perspective of a person who came here when like this is all about social isolation and those who were socially isolated uh, it wasn't that it was about social isolation but it was it was run by those who were socially isolated beings and to watch it become cool and for people to enter the space has been just a fucking trip because mm-hmm. it's become a thing that like people want people want blockchains so that they can have fun and these are not fun things like could you imagine this kind of fervor happening in the 90s around the mysql database <laughs> or like oracle db or something like that but could maybe, you imagine but, but maybe it did it didn't well i mean what was what's that tv show the one about when they first start inventing computers is there's like the hot chick who works in it uh oh, i found out recently chick is uh socially unacceptable here, oh, so. what the fuck is the you know female um, it's like they made like five series. Birthing person. Halt and Catch yeah. Fire. Birthing person. So Halt and, and Catch Fire implies actually, no, it was exciting. And it maybe ex- it was. It was exciting to the social rejects. Like it, it, yeah. never, it never crossed containment. Because that's, they that's couldn't the own any part of it. We can own part of this. They yes. couldn't own part of that. I think that's probably true, but like it's weird to watch it cross containment. And it's weird to watch. It's, it's also very weird and, and in fact disturbing to watch 13-year-olds think that they're getting rich 
Like, it's really disturbing. They're not getting rich by something they've done. They're not getting rich by contributions. Luck and timing. They're getting rich by luck and timing. But they're not actually. Well, some are. Some are getting getting very rich by luck and timing. They are not. Some are. They are not. Who's the kid, the, 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 the youngest millionaire, you know, he advertised himself, I believe it was 14 or 15 or whatever. Oh, that, Eric that, something. Yeah, whatever his name was. That kid's a fucking Which, which was hilarious because there were a lot of kids like that and he just, he's the one that like decided to use it as I, PR. I had a buddy, but, he's a Bitcoin buddy, he, he described, he was, um, he was in on BitConnect in 2017. BitConnect! BitConnect! And, hey, hey, hey! And I said, oh, man, that sucks. You were in on BitConnect. He described the mentality for me. And he goes, no, man, it was fucking awesome. I went to school every day in middle school, and I was the shit. And I lorded it over these fucking losers. And then, yeah, one day it sucked, and I lost all my money. But, like, for the rest of the school year, I was the king, you know? And I was like, that's the NFT marketplace. Well, look, I have, I have it with my son. Like, one of his friends always wants to talk to me because he's a, he's a crypto kid. Yeah. And he's... He tells me he owns a bit of this, a bit of that, a bit of Doge, a bit of Shibu Inu or something <laughs> or other. And I'm like, dude, sell it all, get a Bitcoin. He's not going to do it. He laughs at me. Shibu. He yeah, laughs you're at a boomer. Yeah, Shibu I'm a boomer. Ain't Even no. my son. My son at one point is like, Dad, I've, I've designed it. Hey, he texted me. He said, Dad, you got any uh, ETH? And I was like, no. He's like, you don't got a little bit? I was like, no, I don't know any. He's like, I was like, why? He's like, oh, we've designed um, an NFT. We want to. We want to, I don't know what he wanted to do. Yeah, but I know. Uh, and that, I was like, son, I'm so disappointed. That, that. article you guys <laughs> sent me, can we talk the about web, that a little the bit? The Moxie, yeah. the Moxie article. It's a good article. Tell me about that. Did I, I didn't see this article. It was, no. It's a phenomenal article. Tell uh, me. What's the TLDR? What, what, well, real simple. He talks about like, what he saw in the NFT space. And what was hilarious was like, the amount of centralization in the NFT stuff. He designed his own NFT. And the NFT was designed to... Show oh, up differently on OpenSea and all of these other NFT markets. Like each one of them had a different picture. It showed up like a shitcoin emoji. Yeah, but when when it came to your wallet, it was a pile of poo. And then when OpenSea found out that he had done this, where you could view it in different ways across different you know platforms, they banned it. They banned it and they removed it from. How, you you shouldn't be able to ban stuff in the centralized. What? Decentralized what? Well, nobody nobody nobody. See, this is the thing. Decentralization is a is a good. Like that's what everyone believes, but they don't want their things to be decentralized, or they don't they don't actually view it as a priority. So you have MetaMask, which is a completely centralized system. You have OpenSea, which is a completely centralized system. All of the things that run you have the Ethernet, things they which love, which is completely centralized. Centralized. Yeah, Solano, which is completely centralized. centralized. Bit by uh, Binance. I think, and and that's where they bring up the. I th- it might have been Salami who brought it up the first time. The decentralization is a spectrum, which fucks me off because it's gaslighting people into believing. Well, the decentralization th- is a spectrum, but that's not really a valid thing to say. Because like, no, it's not valid. Because because uh, Bitcoin is more decentralized, let's say, than, than file sharing. Well, no, but I've always said the most important thing is directionally where is it heading. Bitcoin is decentralized, but it's directionally trying to always become more decentralized, yes. whereas Ethereum is direct, directionally becoming more it, centralized. I don't, even, I don't even think that's the correct way to, to frame it, though. I do. And Well, let me, let me walk you through my framing. Okay. My framing is uh, what is, like, Bitcoin itself is not decentralized. Bitcoin is not decentralized. None of these are decentralized. Certain things about them are decentralized. Yeah. We decentralize the things that need censorship resistance. So what do we decentralize? We decentralize mining, yep. which is validation. We decentralize node operation, which is validation and yeah. consensus, right? Um, 
we we are or well i mean mining what transaction ordering and such we're well. trying to decentralize the uh, contributor base well the decentralization of con contributions in some ways uh, decentralization are, are probably of, yeah no um, we are but and and, and in torrents really. what is decentralized what is decentralized is the files themselves right yes. lots of people can hold them and you can uh, seed them and you have an anchor file yeah. like you you know you can seed them to people so the the, the but what else? You don't need like everything in a system to be decentralized. Decentralization isn't to the common good. It's not a good thing just because it's decentralized. What you need is you need to find out what parts of the project need censorship resistance, and that's what you need to decentralize. Okay. This is the problem with Open Bazaar. Open Bazaar decentralized. I mean, I don't can, even know can what. Can you they go did. back and uh, explain Open Bazaar? Most people don't know it. Yeah, Open Bazaar was a project that, for many years, I had to hear uh, was the greatest thing in the space. It was a it was marketplace. A lot of hype, a lot it was of hype. it was a marketplace for Bitcoin uh, sales, and then eventually became a marketplace for all kinds of coin sales. Um, but like a marketplace for like whatever you wanted to sell, just like an online e-commerce store kind of yeah. thing. But I, I could never get out of Brian, uh, the creator of Open Bazaar, Brian Hoffman. Brian Hoffman, why it was that we needed Open Bazaar when you had like you know Tor. Why, we have IP, like we don't need. We don't need a, a separate protocol to run like basically what amount to websites on. They decentralized the wrong thing, and what happened? It didn't work. Well, I like the actual, Brian. The actual sense, I like Brian a lot. I like Brian. Me His too. project was dumb. Me too. The actual sense back then in the community, though, you have to admit, was a shitty Shopify. Well, it was the idea that uh, Open Bazaar was going to be a legalized version of Silk Road. No, that, that was the, 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 but the dumb thing about that, that is that the internet. Real, I know the, that wasn't that's, real. The but. internet is the internet is the legalized version of of the internet, right. and you can do illegal things on the internet. So, like, yes. if you are running a store on Open Bazaar that's selling cocaine, uh, it's an that store is going to be doing illegal things. Just like if you run a website on the dark web, yes. and you 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 put on it art, you sell your like fine art on it. That's not illegal. You can do that. But when you sell cocaine, you can't. <laughs> it's just because it's on the dark web doesn't make right. it illegal. So like it was it was a nonsense claim that the entire project made. And I could never figure out why they thought they had to develop the separate protocol um, apart a from like A sixteen Z give them money. I think it's yeah, idea yeah. idea first, solution second, and it's like once you start problem later. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean I think they identified the problem. And they came up with a solution, but when they went to actually build out the solution, you realize, oh, oh, oh crap, this this isn't going to make sense. That yeah, can happen, and that can happen. And that, that there's, you know, I still admire him for trying. I like, like I said, I like Brian a lot. I think he's a good guy. I think he's a good actor who just had a project that didn't yes, work. Yes, he is. He's not a. No, he's a good guy. I, I find him to be a, a very honorable and good person. Yeah, a good I, actor. I agree his idea didn't work. Whereas yeah. we're surrounded but his idea by. Was, in, in my opinion, his idea obviously wasn't going to work. Well, like, it, this did, is, it didn't work. Yeah, but it issue, might be obvious to okay. you. It, it, right, and it was then. <laughs> like, it wasn't it was, to me. It was really? No. No, it was obvious at the time. It was. It, it was not obvious but to me. But we all wanted to. I mean, maybe Johnson but didn't want to, but I wanted to believe it was going to work. I wanted to. Yeah. You know. When Amir Taki presented it, I, I thought it was. And early on, before mm. it was presented, um, like I actually was on stage in Miami doing a thing talking about uh, Open Bazaar, and you know I thought it would be a really cool thing. But when I realized it was just another protocol, that it was just basically the darknet, I was just astounded that that was the idea because it was just reinventing the internet what we already had. They built a whole architecture around it. It was amazing. But that's been the idea. Ideas in the space for the last ten years 
you know, um, lending was early. BTC Jam is a good example. Oh, of my like, God. I lost a whole Bitcoin. Uh, there you go. I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know how stupid I was? I put a whole Bitcoin. Oh, $7 at the time when it collapsed. It was $200 at the time. It's $40,000 now. You know, I mean, I, yeah, it was painful. It's painful mm -hmm. to lose a whole Bitcoin on. Yeah, no, it, it was. Fucking BTC Jam. Jesus Christ. BTC Jam. Ugh. Were you here for BTC Jam? Nope. He no. wasn't, but it, it just, it was painful. That website was painful. I mean, I've had uh, many things that I've put money into and ICOs, I put whole Bitcoins or two right. or three Bitcoins into. I look back and think, holy shit. It's like that open time. You don't know how to get Bitcoin off that, you know? And Danny will do that. You, you, <laughs> you, yeah, Danny will figure it out. <laughs> it's, it's all right. You teach him. So when we find out if you really put it on there. It's on there. I'm gonna I know you don't know how to get it off. But I'm going to love winning another Bitcoin a few days. You've never sweeped a Bitcoin. This guy's never sweeped a Bitcoin. It's fucking I'm going to laugh when he takes more key. Bitcoins from you. Never sweeped a private key. When, he gave you a great deal. I, I don't know why you wouldn't take it. I think it was a much better deal. Yeah, Bedford, Bedford, the whole season has to, win, to come top. Has to, that's a, that's do you, a do you know big... Do motherfucker has a million dollars? doesn't like, matter. Yeah, in, okay. a, in a league that has like nothing. So... Give you a good example. You know, most we, of these guys are plumbers, like the guys that play for the other teams. That, that's that's not relevant to the it's point. It's true, though. But what they, their career is not relevant. We have, in the division we're in now, we have... They the, beat their wives and they do plumbing on the weekends. They, they don't. We have the best budget within our division right now. Yeah, we lost 4-1 the other night. Right, because you suck. So I'm just telling you... you, you turn down a way better, like a one-off, I've got a much better chance than a over a whole season. I'm going to take the one off. You know why? Right. You know why? Because you're dumb. No, no. Because I'm I'm, <laughs> I want to show up there in Bedford. Why don't you do half a Bitcoin on each? No, we're going to do a whole Bitcoin. I'm going to show up in Bedford. I'm literally going to fly there. And we're going to go, let's go. Roll the fucking dice. Direct to Bedford Airport. You got to take... Is, do they have an airport? You have an airport? I think we got one in Cranfield. I was planning on coming place. into Heathrow, but whatever. I'll pick you I up. I guess if you got an airport, that's fine. I'll go there. I'll pick you up. All right. That's weird, but... It sounds it's okay. weird that I'm I picked in, you up from I'm the in, airport. I'm in. All right. We'll figure that. How are you going to choose which game? I'm just going to pick one at random. Whichever one the papers yeah. say you're going to lose. We, <laughs> we will one. not be in the papers. <laughs> the Bedford papers. Okay. Do you pick the game at the start of the season before any games are played? I, I'm going to. I don't know that, enough about football, was, but I, sure, I, maybe, maybe I would. I think Peter, that's. I, I don't be. think he knows how football's played. You I know. Probably, I don't. At the end of the I game, even if you lost, you could probably tell him He's you won. Me, you're giving me, <laughs> and an, he wouldn't even know. This is a more easy win than fucking Listen, Biden. I used to be a striker here in America, where we call it soccer. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I used to, play, used to play football, and I know it's played. You want a contract? I find that unbelievable. I would love a con. I would love a con. No, I was. I was. See, once I have two Bitcoin off you, at that point, the price of Bitcoin. Well, I mean, essentially, you bought me the football club. No, I mean, Thank essentially, you. I'm Thank going you. to take back my one Bitcoin that you have. You know, I don't see it happening. I mean, that 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 half a Bitcoin that's on the open time. There's no way you can fucking get it. First of all, Dan Dan Danny's gonna have to help you with Danny's it. Danny's gonna do it. If Danny can't do it, you're fucked. You're da fucked. Danny will so do it. Hopefully, Danny knows. He'll probably he's probably can't charge me a commission. Yeah, Ben will do it. Yeah, Ben Prince is on our team. All right, all right. You didn't think that was through, did you? Well, hey, I mean, I'm just saying, I know that you can't access it, which is hilarious. You know, I'm going to fucking do it. You're not going to do it? There's literally a PDF online that tells you how to do it. Yo, he can plug in that, and they'll tell him how to do it. Yeah, it's true. There's a readme on the fucking open time. I bet you a Bitcoin I can do it within the next hour. Take that bet, Hoddle. 
I actually kind of want to say yeah, do it. Take it. I don't think he can do it. I'll bet. I'll do the same bet. You want you want to do um do two shots and then tell me. Yeah. Do you know what would have been that interesting bet? I would have won a few again, but I think it was that good bet when I offered you the double quits on the under over at 100, when it was obviously it wasn't going to nah, 300. That wasn't going to happen, though. I, that's why I didn't take it. Why do you think it didn't? What do you think happened this year? So, what do you think changed? Yeah, I think that, I mean, not to get like too far off topic, but I think that the China mining ban was a big, big reason why we didn't see the price levels we were expecting to see. And the macro environment. I mean, you know, it's just... Bitcoin's a big boy now. It's a trillion dollar asset, and it, it responds to macro forces unlike anything it ever has in its history. And or is too mainstream to have those massive run-ups now? No, nah, it will still have big run-ups. I mean, there there's a hundred X left on the board, hundred X, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be intrinsic the way it used to be in in the early days. It's gonna respond to macro forces for sure. Anyway, we should probably circle back. Oh yes, please. Yeah, back to the metaverse. <laughs> Eric, what do you think of the metaverse? Do you want to come around? Do you actually want to say? What? Why we got you here? Let's get you. Uh, come on. Grab a chair. Eric can give his take on the metaverse. As he's here, we'll get Eric The here. fun part about the metaverse is that uh, it doesn't actually exist. I don't know if I've gotten that out no, yet, sure. but it doesn't <laughs> exist. It, it, it's not real. Other side of me. You know, what I, what I thought was interesting about that, that article was... Other side. The concession of the writer that the metaverse is going to be around a while because right. it's achieved enough momentum. Yes. Which I, I think Silly. that's kind of your position, Peter, is that the metaverse is going to be around a while because you think it's achieved. Well, you have to define what the metaverse is first. So what is yeah, it? And I, then you can say... Well, what everybody, the everybody knows what the metaverse is. It's some version of Ready Player One. I mean, I think, I think what they're going to end up defining it as is every video game, right? They're going to say, I was playing in the Fortnite metaverse... <laughs> Or yeah. the CSGO metaverse or whatever. Met, which, that's and, metaverse I. Yeah, at, at which point I think it exists forever. And does there become common protocol? <laughs> but, like the, the, but that's not the pitch right now. But does there become like common protocols so Absolutely. other people can plug into that metaverse? You can have multiple experiences in one. But Eric Yates, who we uh, just did a show with, the author of Bitcoin, the yeah. seventh property, stunning guest. Nice. I know nothing about the metaverse. <laughs> Look, I, I mean, I, I don't know how a lot of this stuff is defined, um, but when I think about conceptually, like long term, the idea that if we can link up a sensory experience to a digital world, that that's like, you know, 50, 60 years out, some sort of potential alternative that people might opt into. It's easier to manipulate a digital environment than it is a physical. See, this idea is true. And at the heart of every bullshit scam bubble, there is a true idea. Right, right. And what Eric just said is true. And, and the true idea is that, you know, we are going to want to have these, like, uh, human perceptual sensory environments in a digital landscape, right? True. Mm -hmm. But it's the same way that, like, the Internet was going to change our lives, but Pets.com wasn't necessarily a good investment. So just because human beings are going to want to live in virtual uh, environments doesn't mean your fucking board ape has any fucking value. It doesn't right. make any sense. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's well, also the also the extent to which humans want to enter the metaverse quote right like I, I don't I don't think like satisfactorily I, I don't think that there's satisfaction in the life like the digital life like you're not gonna you're you're, you're gonna live a life that is essentially a without accomplishment that is so boomer man yeah. <laughs> 
But it depends. It depends if it becomes your life or it's just a, a tool for entertainment. If like, it's just a tool for entertainment, that's one thing. But like, yeah. that's not the pitch. That's the, not the, the long-term pitch. But the, the steps the pitch, to get there... The pitch is that you plug yourself into the Matrix and that's where you live. Yeah. You live in a tiny little apartment in New York City. It's ready it's, player one. It's three by three. And you, you, you get into your little standing pod. You omnidirectional and treadmill. You and live, you live in the property, the, the, the billion-dollar property you purchased in the metaverse. Uh-huh. And you walk around in it while you're in your three-by-three three apartment in New York City. And, uh, and you go meet with your friends in the metaverse. You shop rather than online. Uh, if you go online, you're going to go to your computer in the metaverse, and you're going to go online in the metaverse. Uh, to the Amazon website, which you're going to use your computer that you bought in the metaverse. And you're going to meet your friends in the metaverse and go to school in the metaverse. And all of these things are going to happen. And then you're going to take it off and you're going to be in your three by three cubicle. Mm-hmm. That's the pitch. Well, the, the way to make pitch. that better, to make it more efficient, is you don't really want to come out of the metaverse. You want to constantly just lay in a pod in the metaverse. Do, and when do, you go do, to do, sleep... Do you realize the nihilism, the nihilism that's the, necess- necessary to make that pitch compelling? You plug a thing into the back of your neck yeah. to, to draw the <laughs> draw, draw the energy out. And, and occasionally and, robots come by and feed you. Yeah. Robots use you as a battery. And yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I, I, you know what I always felt with the Matrix? I was like, well, <laughs> the, 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 the other world they went into, that was shit compared to the Matrix. It's like, put me back in. I think that was the idea. Plug me back in. That's, that's, the, idea. Is, that's the whole idea, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, like, I don't know. Um, it depends on how real that sensory experience ultimately becomes. If that can become perfectly real and perfectly manipulated, then there, if effectively there'd be no distinction between your reality and that reality. If it was That's perfected. the pitch. Yeah. But isn't that stupid? I don't well, know. I mean, if it's, if it's the same thing as real, then it's like, I don't know. How much better could your life be in that digital reality? Maybe, maybe you say that now, but it's just like... Think about all the things you hate in life. What if those things could be made much more the, 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 the difference the, between me and everybody else is I have a, a list of zero hates. Well, the, 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 the mosquitoes. Well, okay, not hate, mosquitoes. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. fuck mosquitoes. The, the I agree prob- with that. The problem, <laughs> is, the, problem is, the problem is with the metaverse, the concept, like the way Eric is describing it, is that no matter how good it actually is, you know it's fake. And that makes it trash. That's a good point. Yeah, but... That might not matter to people. No, no, it will always matter. No, always. It matters for so you. Use, I can jerk off to the the hottest chick in in porn right now, like you know what I mean, and I can wear it in a VR, you know, uh, headset. Okay, and it's very real. They but, will definitely be able to make sex better in the metaverse. The problem is, it's not the same as the girl actually being there and the girl actually wanting you. That's that's a totally different. Experience. Is that exa- is that what you want? That is what most people want, yeah. I don't know. It sounds like that there's a lot of Mo- cost that they're disassociating with that whole Sex process. Sex is not a physical act anymore. It's, it's mainly about validation. You're, you're generationally argue, answering for everyone of every generation. I'm, I'm telling you what the trend is, and that the trend is, like, especially for young males, that sex acts more as validation. You're right, you're right, Peter. Than as a physical release. No, no Peter, Peter, you're right. But there, there is... So, so like, I, I hear this all the time, that, you know, since Socrates... Everyone has uh, criticized so, Socrates. The, Socrates. Everyone has criticized the generation coming, right? And the th- the thing is that occasionally, ninety nine percent of the time, when you criticize the next generation, you are making 
you are making a fatal mistake, right? Because they're going to change. They're going to have you know different values than you. This music's terrible. Yeah, exactly. Right. This, mu day. this music's nothing. This is this is shit. Me when in my day we listen to jazz. Yes. Jazz is the best. We listen to hair metal. Or I my, listen, my, I my, listen my, to my grandpa who banned jazz because uh, it was for dancing and dancing was evil. Deep Purple is real rock. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. In my day, you dressed like a woman and you made music about the devil. Anyway, continue. And so this is this is a this is a perpetual problem generation. But occasionally, you end up with a generation that is the Maoist revolution. Yeah. Uh, that is like Hitler's We're there now. Youth. You do there end now. up in a generation sometimes that is worse than the previous generations, and like, I I think that's I think it's not so much a critique of of the generation as it is as like. This is a critique of if we as humans move into a space where we are primarily digital beings, it's, it's bad for us, both as a race and as, um, just, just as, I mean, just as people. Like we're just, it's not good for us. It's a, it's a worse world that it creates. It neglects this world. Um, it neglects, you know, conservation and, uh, you know, people that people, there's going to have to be the slaves and the peons that live in the real world. You know, we're going to end up in a, in a weird situation of like the, the Morlocks and the Eloy where the Eloy live in uh, the digital you know, universe. And then occasionally the Morlocks have to come in and destroy that world by saying like, you have to evacuate the, you know, nuclear, uh, the nuclear thing, the nuclear power plant down the road that's powering your metaverse life is uh, melting down. And like, that's, that's a, problematic world, I think, when we are all living in a digitized version of our reality. That, that to me, is a, a giant, awful thing. So what if you could replicate the the, the, the pitch? The pitch is bad. I'll put it that way. The pitch is bad. Uh -huh. The pitch is that that's what you're going to live in. Whereas I think, I think the reality is that it's going to be more like video games. What do you the mean? The pitch is rotten. The reality is going to be that it's it's video game. You're going to have. I, th I think what John Seth is saying is like you don't want to pitch this alternative world to spend your entire life in. What you want to pitch is, yeah, you can get home from work and go skydiving for an hour because you can't because you know it's you can't six, do that. Yeah, you can't afford it, or you're too fat or, to, or, or whatever. Or it's six hmm. o'clock on a Tuesday and it's dark. Or you can't get to the Liverpool game, so you, look, jump in there and feel like you're in the stadium. Or, or buy a seat in the stadium yeah. for two hours. Or you can have sex with a celebrity who would never come near you. In sure, life. sure. Yeah. Go gambling. I mean, you know, whatever the hell it is. We've all, we've all defined what we want from it. But listen, take take a tour of Thailand. You're you're, you're <laughs> a hillbilly. You're a hillbilly listen, in the middle of. Listen, what the fuck? Let me just say this. What the fuck does any of this have to do with fucking DeFi, cryptocurrencies, NFTs, shitcoins? <laughs> what the fuck does any of it? Yeah, XR, AR, VR, mixed well, reality. I remain bullish I, on these technologies. What the fuck does it have to do with any of that shit? It has to do with VCs using the narrative, complicating the fact a to make money from it. NFTs, yes. NFTs allowed them to bridge buzzwords. That, that's what, that's yeah. what happened here. The metaverse was a catch-all of buzzwords. It, it was, but they, they've been talking about AR, VR, AI for many years. Yeah. And it hasn't, and, it hasn't caught on. And when NFTs all. came, it allowed them to merge the concepts and talk about both at the same time. Yes. And it's the intersectionality of, uh, of buzzword surfers. Yep. Um, <laughs> and that is, that's what happened. Like, it just, it's a bad pitch. But, like, what I'm sad about isn't, I mean, like, that's, that's, why, that's why the metaverse doesn't exist. The pitch is wrong. But what I'm sad about is how many people are compelled by the pitch. Mm. They're compelled to it. 
They come and they tell me that airplanes are going to be cheaper because they can fly in the metaverse for free or you can build airplanes (laughs) cheaper in the metaverse. Like, that's a stupid pitch. Joseph, I don't think you were in this room with me, but I've I've been in multiple audio audio rooms where people have been telling me things uh, equivalent to, you know, the thing, man, is... What happened was, I think that um, the metaverse is going to be like Pacific Rim. Did you ever see the movie Pacific Rim? No. Yeah, what's, what's tight about that movie is that people in that movie, they pilot giant aliens through uh, Neuralinks and shit. Okay. That movie's sick. No, it's sick, right? Anyway, sick. so what I think is people are going to like pilot heavy machinery through like robot interfaces, you know what I'm there, saying? There may be some of that. Like I, I thought about this this reality, right? Like let's say that airplanes are flying on their own. By right? the way, that was a verbatim and, quote. And you as a pilot, your only job is to get into the cockpit and land them, right? Yes. Every you're just landing airplanes all day. Maybe that's maybe that's the new job of pilots, right? I could see a world where that's the case. Um, but like I don't see a world where people escape. I see a world where people want to escape reality. Mm-hmm. I'm saddened by the fact that so many people think that that's a good pitch. Mm. And I think that's a bad world. Yeah. I think it's a terrible mm-hmm. world. And that's, that's the only thing that really bothers me about the metaverse pitch is that like, that's the, the, the world they're pitching. Whereas the reality it's of It's the world like, that Mark Zuckerberg is pitching. Yes. And, well, and VCs generally. Yeah. And that's what doesn't exist. That's what will never exist. And if it does exist, you can kiss your society goodbye. Yep. Because there won't be the nuclear uh, operators. There's not going to be the people that are, you know, you're not going to be able to go to the beach and smell the fucking seashells uh, in the ocean. <laughs> you're not going to, you're going to live in sterile hospital like <laughs> environments where you never leave, you never get exercise, uh, you never do anything but sit there and just kind of like live in your fake fucking reality. That's true. That's a great end. Yeah. I think. I think you summed it up perfectly. <laughs> final, fi- final question for everyone: When it does come, what's the? I know you want to fuck girls, but what's the one thing you want to do in the metaverse that isn't sex? Just something interesting where you're like, "Huh, yeah, I want that." Can I fuck guys? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can do anything. It's the metaverse. Oh, cool! It's Ooh. the metaverse. I want to fuck Batman. You fuck Batman. <laughs> I was just about to say that, I swear to God. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think I would, um, I think I'd get my barbecue on with the sick ass setup. That would be the first thing I'd do. You'd, you'd have a barbecue. I'd have a barbecue with my boys. Fuck's sake. I'd start, a, I'd start a laundromat. A laundromat, yes. Metaverse, uh, yes. metaverse laundry. Empty the metaverse chain. Like, you know, from the laundry machines. <laughs> I mean, I would, I, I would. Remember Guitar Hero, right? Yeah. Five buttons, you could play any song. I would be, I would be playing guitar for Metallica at Wembley Stadium. It would, it would, it would gonna... be, it would be cool. Like, I think that there's certain things that would be just really neat. Like, yeah. actually, I don't know, going to like Jurassic Park, like the real metaverse, like if it was really realistic. You know, going seeing things that you couldn't see, or like going places that you couldn't normally go to Thailand or something like that, and walking the streets, um, places that you've never been. I think that, that that's a cool thing that you're going to be able to do in virtual reality. But I guess what I'm saying is, for me, there's a distinguishment between the pitch of the metaverse and virtual reality itself. Uh-huh. Virtual reality, I am bullish on. The metaverse, Sorry. as it's pitched, as a matrix that you escape reality from, I'm not only bearish, but if that comes to fruition, I, I'm out. I am. Uh, I'm. I'm going to Virginia Wolf myself into the ocean, 
gonna walk until I die. Really outdated reference. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> listen, I'm not gonna mince words. I'm gonna follow in Chris, like I'm gonna follow in Chris Dixon's footsteps, and uh, I hope to enslave uh, as many people as I possibly can, <sighs> because that's the point of Web three is for me to be on top <laughs> you of could, everybody who you lives could run on my a, digital you could, plantation. You could run on a yeah? plantation uh, in the metaverse. Exactly. Probably, yeah. Exactly. Right. You're gonna pick the digital cotton. You're gonna fucking like it. My name's Chris Dixon. Fuck you. Should we go to Jukes? Let's, Let's do it. Do it Let's yeah. go to Jukes. All right. Well, listen, Jinseth, thanks yeah. for coming in, dude. No, I love uh, it. Missed you, brother. We should do this more often. We should. I absolutely it love these shows. Be regular. Uh, I'll be nearer you. Bitcoin 2022. How, how do I buy into your club? Yeah, everyone's <laughs> asking that. Is that true? Is everyone asking? Like you gotta show them how to use the open dime. Yeah, I'm, I'll show you how to use open. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm doing an ICO. Your uh, share comes in as a NFT that you can only activate within the metaverse. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> You're in now, though. You're in, aren't you? I I I'm more like the idea of uh, number one owning a small part of a soccer club and number two. Uh, seeing you more often so well listen look we should do this more often um and it's great to see you man yeah, i love you dude Hodo, you. you're a fucking idiot and i love you too <laughs> eric love you too man you're my new love all right guys let's go to jukes peace yeah. out all right thanks for listening to what bitcoin did if you want to get in touch the best thing you can do is head over to my telegram channel or you can hit me up on my email which is hello at what bitcoin did.com